This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're fucking around, literally uh-huh. and figuratively, in Sweden as we watch Spine 237 in the Criterion Collection, Ingmar Bergman's Smiles of a Summer Night from 1955. But first, RJ... Does mm-hmm. the summer night smile upon you here in 2020? The summer night? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I don't know. It's like summer. It's early evening. We're recording the podcast on a Wednesday. Blisteringly hot. Hotter than last week when I brought up how hot it was outside. Now it's not funny anymore. Now it's serious. How hot is it? <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's like... uh. I don't know. It's pretty hot, dude. It's pretty hot. Uh, I'm inside here with you, so I couldn't be happier. <laughs> it's too hot outside. I think it's uh, it's killing my tomatoes. I think it's too hot for them. Oh, no. I think they're burning, dude. Can tomatoes get too much sunlight? Probably. Any- anything can get too much sunlight. Have you ever gotten too much sunlight? Yes. <laughs> At my house, perhaps? <laughs> yes, on your back deck, because you didn't... You weren't like offering some shade. You weren't throwing shade my way. We have an umbrella. I just didn't want to open it up. You son of a bitch. I didn't realize your skin was that fragile. I, I think I literally <laughs> in that same conversation mentioned, yeah, my, my skin uh, really doesn't do well under the sun. And you and you and you just went, what? And uh, ignored me. Huh? What's that? What? What's, what's that all about? I I knew that you had said that, but. Uh, I didn't care, and I didn't believe you. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's it's hot, man. But uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Oh well. You're looking uh, a little scruffy over there, RJ. What do you mean? Your, your hair is a little wild and unkept. <laughs> I mean, people who have been on our uh, Patreon co-host program know uh, how well kept you generally are, but <clears throat> these days, I don't know. How well kept? Well, uh, I'm not leaving the house very often, yep. and uh, I did have sideburns. It seems. Uh, well, I mean, sometimes they fill in in between the beard mm-hmm. and the mustache. Um, I don't know. I've just been lazy, dude. <laughs> Who do I have to impress? I'm not. Le- I'm not me. going anywhere. You have me to impress. Well, I mean, I don't care what your opinion is. I never have. That's why we do this. But I've. Uh, I mean, when I go out in public, I wear a mask, too. So, well, and good. a hat. Well, see, that's why I don't, like, really care about my beard these days. Because it's, yeah. like, it's all under a goddamn mask all half the time. I love it. I think by I've gum? Said, by gumgin. I, uh, I think I've said before, I put my hat on and my mask and some sunglasses, and I'm completely uh, anonymous. Because, you know, there's so many, like, just droves of uh creeps fans in creepsville here that uh i can hardly go anywhere without uh, the the paparazzi hey there, uh, there might even be like two new fans from creepsville uh maybe even listening to this very episode coming in hot coming in hot would you meet some uh some fresh it just came up people? it just naturally came up in conversation because you know i'm not out there uh sh- sharing the brand in real life because you know you're like hey you ever heard about the Criterion Collection? You, you like hearing about two dudes talking about movies? 
<laughs> and then they go, do I? And they go, well, I have a podcast. And they're like, yeah, I do too. I have like a hundred of them I listen to. And I go, oh, you got room for one more? And they go, yeah, sure. And then the, the conversation turns to, I'll give you the download. And I go, oh, thanks. They uh, they go, how long are your episodes? Like 10, 20 minutes? And you're like, three to four hours? Uh, I, depending? I, I would call it a lifestyle. Podcasting? Well, our podcast, it's a life. It's a way of life. It is a lifestyle. Well, I'm, it'd be nice to see if uh, new people pick it up. I've gotten the, the, I've never been approached by podcasts before, but it has come up sometimes. And, uh, one thing I got one time was, uh, someone heard I was, they're like, oh, you have a podcast? I was like, yeah. I was like, I guess. And they're like, uh, they went, I always thought about doing one of those. And I was like, cool, you should. And he's like, I don't know what it'd be on though. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. And he was like, any advice? I was like, I, I was like, I don't fucking know. I was like, I don't do anything. Any, any tips on things that might interest me in life that I would like to talk about? Yeah, it's like I don't know. First, you probably find something that you can actually speak uh, speak to. I mean, that's not my role on this podcast, but find someone who can, and then I don't know, go from there. Or you know, fake it till you make it. Have we made it yet? I'm still faking it. Ah. Uh. But that's just you, right? I, I thought there was something I was gonna bring up. I was gonna be like, "Hey, have you uh, you been doing this this week?" And uh, I forgot now. Oh man, you, that's some great A podcast that you just like let slip right there. Just I can't believe it. I can't. I was believe. like, "You ever uh, you ever seen one of these? What, you ever do one of those?" What's, what's that, Jay Leno? <laughs> you hearing this? You seeing oh, this? God. Oh, that voice. <laughs> You're hearing this, dear? Uh, oh, so Meme Week has been a, a complete success. Uh, no thanks to you. And where's oh, your fuck. I was, yeah, okay. All right. Let's talk about Meme Week. Where, 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 What's this, wrong with me? Do, like, do you look at all of them? I was asked. Someone I, said, does Jared actually check these out? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Oh, I see them. I, 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 okay. I've seen it all. These okay. uh, these things that uh, I keep getting these likes suddenly pop up on my notifications, and I'm like, "What the hell is yeah. this?" And then I go, "Oh, that's funny," and then and then I start like getting these these attacks, these these personal attacks on me. What do you mean personal attacks? This talk about about orcs, about about miniatures, oh, talk yeah. about me talking about feet. Uh, yeah, that one's real though. You did bring up, or you were talking about feet one time. Well. In what way? Like, because, like, how feet are, ugh. Well, yeah, I know you don't like feet, but that might be the secret kink to it all. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. I, I don't There, There's a lot that, uh, I mean, I think it was fairly the, equal. The, the, there the, was a uh, lot going after me also. Oh, I haven't had a dig. But I was just like, what is this? Is the fan, are the fans turning? I think they are. All, I think all three of them that send this stuff? <laughs> four, maybe? We we got four. Jared Berger, real guy, uh, sent in one. Uh, so we we've hit four for the memes. Um, I think it's they finally had a vehicle to oh, voice their frustration. Reese, Rob Eagle, more Reese, Rob Eagle. There's a uh, Ollie, mm-hmm. Frank. Oh yeah, Frank sent in one too. No. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Which I I actually got. Did you see the feedback I got for uh, the Frank uh, Santoro meme on uh, Twitter? No. Okay, let me pull this up for you here because you you'll probably find something humorous about this. All right, where is it? Uh, 
So the meme was, that Frank made was a uh, portrait of a lady on fire one. And someone replied, I believe their name is Maximus Mansteel. I don't know if they're oh, listening. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're letterboxers. They, they must be listening because uh, it was it was fairly targeted, this, uh, this thing that they had said to me. What was it? Fuck, I can't find it now. It was something about um, ironic that I would... Uh, I would post a meme with a woman in it as I'm a famed misogynist or something like that. I was like, whoa, uh, damn. Hey, you know what though? I just, I just saw Scott Bailey has joined us on the Letterboxd. Scott Bailey has. Yeah. I encourage everyone to uh, go out there and uh, check him out. Cause uh, we're all, we're all just a little community. Maybe he's going to make some memes one of these days, Jared. Mean memes. No dank memes. Okay. Dink memes. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm sorry that uh, you feel personally attacked by the memes, <laughs> I but uh, I I do have a. I think there's a lot going my way also, but I haven't posted them yet. Oh, I'm gonna I, dial I, back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Andrea made one of me, which is a little uh, unsavory. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll throw that one out there in a in a little bit, but maybe people also feel protected because they they know that they're it's coming to me instead of you so they can uh they can really lay out that mini mini fig and uh miniatures and weird knobs see, and things weird yeah see but then oliver doesn't even spell my name properly did he call you garrett it's like Jarrett with one t i mean oh what a, it's a slap to the face you know well i mean i'd be hard pressed to be able to spell someone else's name that's true you know what i mean i can barely spell my own name so which was your favorite out of all these? <laughs> my favorite. It's like my picking my favorite child, RJ. It's like my, which... it's like picking my favorite Criterion movie. How could I possibly select one? I guess have a I, I would say that uh, I am quite fond of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal because it was uh, such an unexpected surprise. See um, that that one was a personal attack on uh, towards me. Yeah. Well, or is it? Is it though that you're well, like you're like a like a Jake Gyllenhaal has given up? That's still pretty good. I mean, there's yeah, there's worse there's that. worse celebrities that you could look like when they're like real bags of shit. You know, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I, I I will uh, say that uh, vampire erotica seems to be uh, not bad, not too bad. That that is, I believe, the the best performing of all of them. Yeah, that one and the. Uh, the Are You Winning Son one. Those two, I think, are the uh, the highest performing of all of them. I personally liked the uh, the the Fallen Soldier one with uh, the Gundam guys and the Salo stands. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, the butts and dumps. I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah, they're all good. They're, they're all our yeah, children. They're all right, our Jared? children. Right, right, buddy. No. Well, I, I have a couple more, but maybe I'll uh, I'll ease up on uh, putting them all out. I was doing two a day. Mayhaps. Two a day, man. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. <sighs> Pretty okay. Well, I, I can't wait until you send in your uh, meme for the pod, oh, which um, you could post yourself, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I'm right on it. Okay. Right on it. Well, what's your meme format? What's your favorite meme <sighs> format, Jared? I mean, so many to choose from. So, so many. I, I'm real. Uh, all your base or belong to us guy. You know. Really, oh, really. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. Lemon party, great. What's a lemon party? Oh, I should look it up. 
Ah, uh, no. I, I, I highly recommend no. everyone look it up. Well, what if I have my safe search on? Uh, well, that's not fun. I always have the safe search on because of even, uh, people like who you. Who even knows if Lemon Party still works? I don't oh, know. I mean, there's, it's, it's like people's reaction to Lemon Party. No, you're Are you me. looking it up right now? Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, I mean, there's like versions of it. Okay. Uh, so, so something called Lemon Party. See, I think these memes about you and your preferences, I think there's something to it. Yeah. Brian Peppers is pretty cool. <laughs> Brian Peppers? That's a pretty deep pull. Oh, I've brought it up before. I know you have. I think I was probably surprised then, too. Yeah. Do you think anyone knows who Brian Peppers is? Have, Some. Have we had this exact conversation before? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got in trouble, didn't he? He was arrested, right? <laughs> yeah, he was not a good person. No, not or, a good dude. No, he has some demons. Well, I can't wait until the Jared is Brian Peppers uh, memes start pouring in tomorrow after people have listened to this episode. Mm-hmm. You know? You know you, you know what, though? I uh, One thing I discovered in the last few days was that uh, one of our listeners on Twitter, uh, Monitor mm-hmm. Gazer, uh, yeah. Viv, uh, makes some pretty nice-looking drawings. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything? I uh, did she put it on Twitter or on something else? Well, I, I I see them on the Twitter. Okay, I saw one that uh, was a work in progress and then yeah. was finished. That one was cool, but I I didn't dig any deeper and look okay. into. Yeah, I was like, more. I'm like, hey, these are actually these are pretty good. So. Hmm. Well, there you go. Maybe you, her, and uh, Aaron Lang can collaborate one oh. day. No. <laughs> that no? Would, that, 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 no. That would require effort from me. Oh. All, all my effort, RJ, is being mm-hmm. poured into the important things in life. Like airbrushing? Like, like Adeptus Mechanicus factions and Megatkin and and like huh? you said, RJ, my Awada airbrush kit, Eclipse, HPCS. So you're still doing that? Is it still I, working? I, I, I am still working, you know. Okay. So you haven't abandoned it? I have it not yet. abandoned it yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's going great. Well, it's going great. I just want to let Oliver know that uh, my orcs are getting painted. They're, they're they're being very well tended. So what's the difference between orcs with a C and orcs with a K? Well, orcs with a K are uh-huh. uh, proprietary and owned by Games Workshop. So they get that. And for their fantasy line, they're orcs because we don't want to call them orcs. Because what about orukai? Well, that, that's different. I mean, that's Rurokai, and uh, th- that's all owned by uh, old J.K. J.R.R. Tolkien. J.K. J.K. Rowling. J.K. J.K. Tolkien. Fuck, she's just just shitting on everything, hey? What What is she doing now? I don't know. Dude, she was in, in general. Before, yeah. Was she not? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She's 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 in real trouble. <laughs> Didn't she pen something like it was like an open call to? cancel cancel culture and everyone was like all right <laughs> it's like whatever you say man whatever whatever you say what are we gonna talk about i don't what know. do we do this what do we do when we do this thing it's the you know it's what they come to expect it's how they get to know us i almost had it again the thing i was gonna bring up to you i almost had it well, and then i lost it again you'll have to think of it in the next two hours I'm going to bring it up right in the middle of the Criterion review. You just blurt it out. <laughs> no one gives a shit about Bergman anyways. What's, right? it, about, what's, what's it about food? Probably not. 
sound? What kind of sound? Like Vi- farts? Or was it vision? Farts? I don't think it's any of those sense okay. sensory things. It could be. I don't know. I don't know, Jared. Maybe I'll think of it. Who the hell knows? You want you want to crawl into that mailbag with me, RJ? Uh, if you put it like that, it's, sure. It's nice and cool in here. I mean, I mean, the of, way you're there's, there's describing. Lo- there's lots of room. Well, the way you're dressed, Jared. Well, how could I resist? Oh, yeah. yeah. First up, we've got. A follow-up email from one mm-hmm. Jared Berger. Real guy? We're still mm-hmm. real to me, damn it. Okay. Right. Dear Creeps, I hope Sam gets better soon. I am a man like yep. RJ Mel, so I will be sending my prayers your way. Yeah. I got one, Jared. <laughs> We're outnumbering you now. <laughs> my last name is pronounced like Burger the Food. I will provide no further proof of my name in future correspondences. I think that's probably the right call. You don't want to be associated with anyone that listens to this thing. I decided to answer your call and become a Patreon. (gasps) What? Unfortunately, I am a broke film student, so I will settle for the Laurence Olivier tier for now. Nice. I don't know what any of the tiers are, but the... (laughs) That is the the basic creep package. Oh, that's good. Hey, I mean, it's better than... It's better than nothing. Hey, yeah, you could be the the jubilee tier. Ooh, is that uh, actively trying to uh, get our podcast canceled? Was that is that true? Is that I point? don't know. People seem to. Uh, I made a we we you put did. one of those jubilee I know, jokes I, I, out. I, oh, you did, and they're people like, had issue with it. That's fine. Some people like jubilee. Sure, whatever. Do whatever you feel like. But it's nice. A uh, old Jared Burger, real guy, was signing up because you know. We didn't think anyone would even give a dollar, so whatever. It all goes to Arby's. All to Arby's. Mm-hmm. Well, for, for how often me? we go? Well, not—I mean, not anymore. But the world is closed, Jared. It's, but it's—it's uh, it's, you know we've we've opened things back up though. I know, but I'm still a little bit like I like staying at home. <laughs> well, I mean, I like when uh, people without masks lecture me about like how masks don't do anything while they're like coughing have you been getting that at the store you know every once in a while there's like little people are pretty polite about their ignorance so it's not it's nothing too uh hardcore fortunately that's a bummer man i didn't like i know that that happens in the world but at the same time i was like i don't know i always i'm always afraid i don't want it to happen to me do you know what i mean yeah i mean Although I, I've said sometimes I wear my mask in the grocery store and you can tell people are like, uh, what's his deal? And it's like, I will say though, in the last week, there has definitely been a uptick in mask wearing on the, in, yeah. on the whole, which hole, <laughs> all the holes. <laughs> did I, did I get you with that one? <laughs> nice. Okay. As for the letterboxed mention list, I suggest oh. that I will now record mentions in a Google Doc, starting with where Jarrett left off at Bob Le Flamble. Because I will Ooh, miss a few nice. this summer, I have posted a link to the document in the comments section in the letterbox list. I suggest that fellow creeps can fill entries at the leisure in order to help a creep out. When the list is complete, nice. we will figure out a way to add back into the main list. Yes, I, I was wondering what that list was, because I looked and I went, hey, well, hey, there it is. Um... It's actually pretty easy to do because there was a point in time 
when I care slightly more than I do now, where mm-hmm. I would actually mention the films discussed uh, in each of our episodes' descriptions on the actual podcast on SoundCloud. You did? When uh, did you stop? Well, do you remember? There, there came a point where everything we talked about was just Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, I still write those things, but it seems uh-huh. less important than ever. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean I have actual movies to talk about. Today. You do, you do actually, which is great. As as do I. I have a movie to talk I, about. I know, I saw. I'm very excited, but I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, jump the gun. But yeah, I think uh, Jared Berger's doing the Lord's work there, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm sure uh, other creeps can. Uh, it's it takes a little bit. Of, it takes a little bit of time, and I will be. I will slowly populate it. I didn't realize how many episodes it's been since I've updated it. It's like. A it's been year. like a year. Yeah, it's like about 50 episodes. And I was like, okay, I'll do like, if I do like four or five a night of uh, doing this, it won't take so long. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I got I got things on my plate. You dig? You do? What have you been doing? Um, well, do we need to talk about, uh, <laughs> do we need to talk about Necrons and Tau? Uh, what's a Necron, there? Uh, Necrons? They're like Terminators. Un, like undead Terminator robots that are kind of green and shit, and they have pyramids. That's kind of cool with, with Egyptian stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool, Oliver. I think that's cool. You hear that? <laughs> don't you have Games Workshop stores down there in New Zealand? No, dude, they don't have anything down there. It's crazy. If you're, if you better be careful. We're going to send uh, WWE down there. Spread that COVID. Is that what's going to happen? Well, someone said something about that because it's like, oh, there's no cases. It'd be a, they could have SummerSlam. I'm sure they would love to open up their doors to all these Americans that are uh, just filthy. 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 They're always wet. They are always wet. It's strange. That's all for now. Hope you enjoyed Smiles of a Summer Night. With love, Jared Berger. Real guy. Terrific. Terrific. Thanks for the Mm follow-up. Next Mm -hmm. up... Jackson. Actium Jackson Maximus? God's Death and Rebirth through Whoopi Goldberg. Hmm. <gasps> what? Het creeps. <laughs> what? Het creeps. Oh, okay. Just wanted to ch- send a quick email in regards to my viewing of the Sister Act franchise. The first mm. is better, mm-hmm. and I'll leave it at that. Oh, Wow. Furthermore, I've accepted Jarrett's Begotten Challenge and should be getting through that tonight. Any thoughts on the director's other work? And finally, with the mention of Jarrett's Criterion Prostitute lesson, since the film for this week involves a son seemingly getting cucked by his dad, only to cuck him later, I was wondering where's that Criterion cuck list as the action gets mentioned a lot in previous films. Keep up the insurmountable work on the pinnacle of audio works. Uh, Yeah, no, um... Old Eli's main Minji. Uh, he's got that Shadow of the Vampire movie. And it's like that shitty thriller that like nobody likes. What the hell is that called again? I'm whispering. Shadow of the Vampire? Suspect Zero. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I saw Shadow of the Vampire. Uh, when I watched it, like 2001, it didn't leave a, much of an impression. It seemed like because the whole thing was about Willem Dafoe being uh, Max Shrek. It had that. Oh, that, I've seen that. Yeah, you've seen that. Udo Kier, Karyolis, John Malkovich, Eddie Izzard. Wow. And you didn't like that? Yeah, it wasn't that good. 
That's but fine. It's, it's I'm been not a, it's been a, for it's it. been a very long time. It's been a very long time. Okay. I remember I watched that one time uh, and I made macaroni. Oh wow. <laughs> Is that true? That's a 100% true story, Jared. It was late at night and uh, I made some macaroni. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't realize how much cucking would be happening in the Criterion Collection, so right, I yeah. never started that list, and I think it would be impossible at this point. Cause it it would. It would have to yeah. be like we'd have to like somehow recall every incident of cuckdom in Criterion, yeah. and plus, like, I don't want my my name associated with like a fucking cuck list in 2020 on the internet because are you shaming well there's a lot of things associated with that they they thinking like they make a lot of assumptions that i'm like oh you're one of those guys huh you're 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 an alt-right weirdo you are an alt-right weirdo talking about cucks obsessing about it oh well i mean i think if you obsess about it probably that's weird i mean we we probably do because we mentioned it but i think it's more i feel like we're just more amused by how often it pops up I think we need to, yeah, we're, we're amused by it. It's not that we're like into it. It's just, uh, it, it needs to be addressed because it's like, it's like you said, if we had known how much it actually did come up, we probably would have kept track because it's, what are we? 240 movies in it's probably come up 30 times. Yeah, probably. And, and it's just like, you never expect it. And suddenly you're like, nope. someone gets called a cuckold and you're like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. It's out of nowhere. I don't know. Have, have, have you been documenting? The, I mean, it's possible we could do this if you've been documenting uh, all uh, occurrences of when cuck is explicitly stated in subtitle form. I bet uh, I bet I would have about half of them, like between my uh, my screenshot notes, because I've mentioned I don't actually take notes anymore, but uh, I'm just flipping through my book now. I just write down the timestamps of where I want to take screenshots. And then you would write cuck. Yeah, I'll I'll put like one a word beside it so that like I can when I when I do it I can see what's coming up. So I think I could get about half of them, but that'd be about it, I think. Okay. So we 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 would need someone to do some heavy lifting on that front for us too. Mm-hmm. Get get to it, yeah. dear listeners. Yeah. Well, Maybe so Jackson, how, how, how do you, how do you feel of uh, J- Jackson's uh, take on Sister Act One being better than Sister Act Two? I think it's callous. I think it's shallow. I think it's unfair. And uh, I'm going to say it. I think downright it's um, it's dishonest. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I don't want to. Was it besmirch. worth it? Was was this worth it? This exchange of kids for two sister act movies? I mean, on you'd have to ask him because he, he put down a lot more time than I did. And it's a little I'd say sister act is more out of his area of movies that he watches where I will occasionally stumble on a kids usually not by choice, but, uh, you know, it, you know what I mean? I think he got the raw end on that one, but I'm not going to make it up to him in any way. It was his idea. So <laughs> I, I'm just glad he did it. And I hoped he learned something and he got some kind of joy out of it. Justin yeah. Peterson. Oh, baby. An email entitled meme crazy. Oh, do you think we he was one of the people that uh, stopped Unfollowed. following us this oh, week? Let's find out. Hey, Jaron RJ, what's happening? I mean, for real, your Twitter page is on fire with some great memes this week. My particular yeah. favorites have been the T2 one mentioning your joy for Jubilee and the Soderbergh mm-hmm. one with his O face. That's uh, so that was a Rob Eagle and a uh, Oliver Granger, uh, respectively. So, uh, oh, and, we're getting... and I believe Rupa was also involved with the Soderbergh. 
Oh, well, she she did coin the Shitsopolis. Uh, that ah, was uh, from her original okay. review yeah. on Letterboxd yeah. some time ago. Uh, I just, I got great memory, Jared. I could recall. Okay, good. Yeah, so. Goat movie question of the week. Mm. What are your greatest Steve Buscemi movies of all time? Hmm. Of course, my answer is Fargo, but I also have to mention Reservoir Dogs. Well, that's a good one. That's a good question. Because I, I like that Steve Buscemi. What's his Who's name? Steve? Big Steve. Yeah, I like Steve too. Steve Bush. And me, well, I mean, we got Ghost World, obviously, would be. Um, I mean, yeah, fuck. Steve Buscemi's one of the greats. Was Steve Buscemi in Sister Act by any chance? I don't, I don't think so. I'm just going to try to find him without actually searching him. He's, I'm on. He was great as Chet in Barton Fink. He was great as Chet in Barton Fink. His name is Chet. I'm doing my six degrees thing here. I'm on Leonardo DiCaprio's page. Direct me, Jared. How can I get to Steve Buscemi through Leonardo DiCaprio movies? Oh, RJ, why, why are you why are you asking me these difficult questions right now? Okay, let's let's go to Once Upon and we'll go to Brad Pitt. And through Brad Pitt, I might be able to get to Steve Buscemi easier. Do you think? Through Brad Pitt to Tom Cruise. Do you think I'm making any? Oh, oh, well, I mean, the connection I think of is like Reservoir Dogs directed by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino wrote True Romance. Mm-hmm. And, and then I can get get to him there. Okay. And then Brad Pitt's in True Romance. There you go. Okay, we did it. We did it. How many um, How many, How many? many? Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon are we talking about with that one? Uh, you, you're like three or so. Okay. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. See, that's what I try to do instead of actually typing names because I'm lazy, even though this takes arguably more time. All right. So what do we got here? I'd say probably Big Lebowski, you know. But what about Armageddon Criterion Collection film? There he go. I mean, can't, can't not say it. What about Con Air, Jarrett? <sighs> actually, this is this is going to sound Steve like... Steve is an escape from L.A.? allegedly yeah i don't remember that you know what you know what i think how about trees lounge you like trees lounge trees lounge that sounds like a real movie directed by steve buscemi oh did you know that he directed movies movies like Uh, animal factory uh i've heard that's got willem dafoe too and danny trejo seymour cassell mickey rourke tom arnold john hurd Mickey Rourke. Eddie, Have you seen Eddie Bunker? What Mickey Rourke has been up to lately? Uh, dressing amazingly. He dresses amazing, and uh, he also he uh, he called out um, not just Elon Musk to fight, but uh, also Robert De Niro. He called Robert De Niro a weak ass punk, and he said, "Don't you be talking shit about me, because I'll throw you down any day of the week, you old bitch." Where is that exact word? Is, is that Actually, a direct quote? It actually well, is. Well, Robert De Niro is 76 years old. How old is Mickey Rourke these days? I don't know. Probably like 68? Mm, 67. Oh, I was so close. And well, did, so is Elon Musk. And Elon Musk said he wanted to fight like Tom Cruise or something. Mm. And uh, Mickey Rourke was like, Tom Cruise is like four foot. He's like, why don't you fight me? He's like, I'm the same size as you. He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I think it's great. I love seeing that. There was a, I don't know if you know the story of like when they were promoting The Wrestler 
there was like a thing they were trying to work an angle after the movie came out on WrestleMania, and I guess like Chris Jericho was really carnied it up and like had Mickey Rourke convinced that Chris Jericho was going to like beat the shit out of him in the ring. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like ridiculous. But he like got like uh, Frank Shamrock, uh, brother of Ken, Ken Shamrock. Shamrock? I yeah. think or father of or brother of I can't remember how they're related. But anyway, he shows up and like Vince McMahon was like, "Oh, they're gonna throw down." He's like, "You you you take the big one. I'll take I'll take the I'll take the little guy." And it's like, "Oh, that's Frank Shamrock. He's like an actual MMA fighter, Vince McMahon. You're you're like a fucking like muscle like bodybuilder, like fucking idiot." <laughs> He's like, so "Did they fight for real?" No, it it didn't come to that somehow. Mm. But uh, yeah, that would have been cool. M- though. M- Mickey Rourke is a He's an interesting individual. He is. I like him. He's a cool dude. Cool. He's a cool, cool dude. dude. He's not just a broken down piece of meat. Not anymore. Not anymore. anymore. Hey, you know what my favorite Steve Buscemi performance is? The hmm. Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. When he's up there, he's talking and he's playing the guitar. It's good. How about John Lovitz? Uh, probably Little Nicky. You remember okay. him and Little Nicky? Nope. Do you remember Little Nicky? Uh nope. It's not one of your favorite films? Well, I think my favorite John Lovitz is Happiness. Oh. No, I don't like that one. <laughs> Should I go find my favorite oh, John Lovitz? City film? Slickers too. What for John Lovitz? Mom and Dad Save the World? What about a League of Their Own? Rat Race? Brave Little yeah. Toaster? Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. It's a good one. I'll go with a league of their own, or cats and dogs. Jumping Jack Flash. What? So I am planning to do my first ever Criterion Sale haul video on YouTube soon because it drives me crazy watching these hauls with people that spend hundreds of dollars on movies they have never seen before. Jarrett, Mm. would you ever show off any of your glorious movie collection in a video online? It would be cool to see some of these Vinegar Syndrome discs you often mention. What kind of collection video would you make, RJ? (laughs) <laughs> other than butts and dumps yeah other than uh i'll think about that for a second i mean jared does have a pretty impressive collection so i'll let jared answer first and then uh, maybe i can form an answer would i maybe maybe get, give it reason to exist i guess outside of my own enjoyment i'd have to like get a good little camera to do it i don't really have anything at the moment all, all the equipment your iPhone. I, uh, I want to get something a little bit better than that. It's it, the pictures really look so bad on it. It's such an old little iPod. It's not enough, yeah. and it's not a phone, RJ. I know. Clear. I was. Just to be clear, I don't know. Yeah, I do not no. to this day. No phone. No phone. I have a uh, little video recorder that was bought like ten years ago. You want to use that? I'll I'll wait. I'll wait till I have a decent enough camera so I can poorly shoot things. Wait, don't you have access to uh, I, all of the DC well, cameras possible? I do, but I have to wait till I can go back into work, you know. Oh, right. Lockdown. Right, right. And I've got 3D printers to print things for my miniatures that I can't do anything with uh, right now either. Hell, I can be uh, printing like weird little like neck straps for face masks. Oh, yeah, I guess you could. No. Yeah. Why aren't you? Because like, you don't care? Because I... Like, uh, uh, Okay, well, I'll let, I'll let you answer, Jared. What well, do you? If you yeah, know I would do it. I would well. do it. What would, but was Justin? Are you going to be doing it? You going to film your collection? You going to put it online? I mean, I think that's kind of what he means, right? I hope you do. I hope he does. 
Yeah, me too. But hey, Jared, you answer for me. If I were to make a... Uh... Actually, I really want to see Sam Sanchez's collection. He's got, like, I think he's got way more vinegar syndromes than I do. Does he have a uh, list detailing how, which movies he owns or what? I, I don't know. I just know that he logs a bunch of them, and I know he's a buyer. He is a buyer? He's a buyer. He buys them up. And a supplier? Well, not, not that I'm aware of. Oh. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Interesting. Collections. I don't have anything worth... No. <laughs> no. Well, you got your uh, data wall hanger now uh so what do you think about that jared well i don't know i I have my thoughts but maybe we'll wait till uh next week how clear is that picture for you do you think uh, our guests are going to be able to make that out 100 (laughs) percent. i all i need is on the other side a guinan or a wharf i was trying to find guinan t-shirts and uh they don't exist which i I think is bullshit because whoopi wanted too much of a cut you think so for her likeness yep I think we might be. Uh, it could be, could be, could be. I mean, that could be possible, but I mean, it bums me out because all all us Guinan fans were like, I would totally rock a Guinan t-shirt walking just like out in the world. That would, I mean, it would be pretty cool. It I would mean, be because I don't think that's like pretty uncommon. A Guinan Guinan shirt. That's what I'm saying, dude. Is, do you have a Data shirt? You know, I don't think I ever had a Star Trek t-shirt ever. No. Nope. You can get Wharf ones on Amazon. They're not authentic originals, but they. Uh, it's funny because you can pick the color, and one of the colors, it's um, Wharf is in the title of the color. It's like Wharf Black, and it's like as opposed to like Wharf Gray or like what's going on here. You know, I haven't mentioned this before. You know about the Star Trek family of Lethbridge? No. Oh, man. Wait, is good, this good, like good, controversial good. stuff? No. They're, they're, they're good people. They're, they're, they're just Trek fans. Okay. Well, I but my Trek opinions might differ differ from theirs, though. You know, this is quite possible. You, you know, almost you know, for sure. Well, yeah. what I really hope and this is this uh-huh. is just like putting it out there. You know, come the holidays, I hope that the uh, the generosity of Creepsvillians listeners wow. really just like makes your house filled with so much Star Trek crap <laughs> that your wife leaves you. And you're just left with the memories of like, hey, I, I spent COVID watching Star Trek and my marriage ended. But I got this data mug. <laughs> That's a pretty fair. Well, I mean, I don't know, Jared. This this poster I have now almost ended things. But you know. <laughs> I bet it did. Like, look how ridiculous. Well, at, least it's, at least it's flat against the wall. You know, it doesn't take up any more space. <laughs> and like if she comes into the room, she won't see it. Until she leaves the room. Until she leaves, and then she'll be like, "Oh, God, God damn just, it!" Uh, but no, uh, wait, yeah, come on, folks, get that, make it, make this happen, make my, make my dark dream come true. That I get divorced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. For over a, uh, you can let Andrea in on this. See all all these memes about you where they were right. Jared Duncan is a bad dude. <laughs> I'm a bad dude. He is a bad dude. I would <laughs> gladly accept a Guinan shirt if uh, if ever possible. But yeah, Jared Duncan, bad dude. I mean, you don't look anything like a Star Trek character right now, though. You're like way too like character? hairy. Yeah, You're like there's no hairy characters in Star Trek. Really, they're also finally too, like they're neat, neat and tidy. What's that about? Why isn't there any like cousin it's? Uh, well, there's Tribbles. They're like yeah. little hairballs. 
I thought that was going to be a bigger thing than it was because I've seen Tribble like stuff all over the place. And then when I saw the Tribble episode, I was like, it's like I thought there was going to be more to it than this. Yeah, there's not a lot so, of like mountain men. Not really. You know, well, I mean, they did explain once that like the idea of why there's there's so many humanoid aliens. And like, I actually thought it was like a nice little way to write out that they use people for all the aliens and they just do shit to their heads and stuff but uh, i was like you know it would be cool if there was just more unique aliens like an amoeba yeah i mean it makes sense right that there'd be other life forms but it's it's tv i know so some of the best episodes are where they like one of my favorites was when they encountered that like a uh, giant like giant squid thing out in space and it was just inhabiting space he was just living there i was mm-hmm. like that's cool want some more of that shit finally Jarrett, you had me all excited this week that i would get to hear you talk about the much anticipated the house that jack built but i did not see you log it on letterboxd will you be watching it for next week i hope to i think uh dent corpse also asked uh when you would be getting around to that one time too uh, i think so now now this is like now the pressure's on hey, people are in pins and needles they want to know what your uh big lars von trier uh opinions are we'll get there don't you worry. I won't, I won't, I'll try not to disappoint for next week. I think what you did log this week is uh, more important. I, but, I, uh, I, that's I, just I, my personal bias. Okay. That's that's good. That's fine. That's my personal At least bias. we can look forward to RJ's flaming hot take on the hype train known as Portrait of a Lady on Fire coming up soon. Ah, uh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Thanks, when we're... thanks for the time, gents. And have a great show. Skull. P.S. Great use of my favorite word, problematic, last week. RJ, would you be willing to use the word dinglehopper in a few awkward moments throughout the rest of the show? Um, I think my lawyer has advised me not to uh, do things like that anymore because of this bad guy I'm associated with and the the words that he uses. What was that one di- just disgusting, vile thing you said last week? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. No, don't, don't jump the gun there. Don't. <laughs> What, is this get, does this get brought up by someone? I think it might. Oh, my God. Okay, see? It's not just Stop. me. Stop. All right. Stop. All right. I won't even mention it. Never okay. mind. <laughs> Never mind. Sam Sanchez. Not nice. He's still alive. It's, was that his email? No, or no, was no, that, no. Is no. that you saying that's Sam me. Sanchez? Yeah, that's me, still Sam Sanchez. Okay. Uh, this is like only from three hours ago, so he's still alive oh, as wow. of the, that time. Almost done. White? <laughs> Hello, Rumpy Bumpmasters. Wow. Wow. This Hello. is this is genuinely the most Jarrett's ever reacted to anything on the uh, the podcast in four years. I've never seen oh, this. I, I don't know about that. I, I laughed pretty good at Big Ride Boy. Yeah, Big Ride Boy was. Can you say that? Okay, so what it says, uh, say, say it again. Hello, Rumpy Pump Masters. <laughs> Jesus. <Whew. laughs> uh, uh, All right. Uh, I, <laughs> I just wanted to email in uh, to update with my situation and appreciated the well wishes. I'm pretty much clear now. I'm still quarantining and have been in, in complete isolation for about two weeks now, but will yeah. get tested likely tomorrow at, or Friday to make sure it's completely out of my system. I would guess around Friday last week is when my symptoms seemed to drastically subside. So in all, it was about eight or nine days of feeling like shit. Ugh. 
That sucks, man. I'm glad he's feeling better, though. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite the stretch. Now, yeah. all I really have is a lingering cough and then a backache that is due to basically being confined to a bed in a smaller room for two weeks. But mm-hmm. the initial eight days or so were definitely no fun and don't wish it on anyone. As you guys could tell, my diary on letterbox has been pretty active now, so I finally got back in the mood to watch some movies. Nice. That's yeah. yeah I did notice. No. So I, I had the same uh, thing that you said. I was like, he's alive. I was like, terrific. Yeah. Uh-huh. Last week, though, RJ made another assumption about me, but this oh, no. time, correct. <sighs> yes, I typically get and appreciate pretty much every Simpsons reference that RJ mm. throws out there. I yes. grew up watching Simpsons and can, re- can recall even watching every new episode on the air date as early as season three, when I would have just been about five, I believe, and, wa- and would watch every rerun time and time again. Mm-hmm. I think I tapped out around season 13. Yelp. <laughs> And could probably yep. count on one hand how many episodes I've seen through that. After that, though, yep. yep. Speaking of The Simpsons, when I wasn't in the mood to watch movies last week because of feeling like crap, I actually watched a ton of Simpsons instead on Disney Plus. They still hold mm-hmm. up perfectly. Damn right they do. Yes, they do. I did the same thing a couple months ago. I, I did a little rip through of uh, some of the things, season four, five, and three, four, five, or something like that. And yeah, they hold up real good. Real good. All right, guys, I'm nearly out of the woods. I just need to start disinfecting this room and or throwing a bunch of stuff away and make sure this virus gets banished to the land of wind and ghosts. Take care, guys. Hopefully by next week's episode, I would have finally seen daylight again. Damn. I mean, daylight's overrated, but, like, uh, I hope he can, you know, get some fresh air. That'd probably be good for him, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's alive, even though he, uh, I mean, that, that wasn't even the thing I was thinking of the, uh, how he started, but that one is probably worse than what I was thinking. So that's, that's even more vile than I had remembered. I must've blocked that from my memory <laughs> from when you said that, uh, last week, just vile. <laughs> when you and Sam do the vinegar syndrome sidecast, you can, mm-hmm. you can get out all of this all of this vulgar vulgarity vulgarity mm-hmm. so gross oh look at that uh sam's doing the deep dive on some godfather part one and two you think he's gonna watch three uh maybe whoa he slogged godfather part two is watched as in not a rewatch maybe it's an oversight that's that's something Maybe it's an oversight. Maybe it's an oversight. Wow. I don't know. Hard to say. Anywho. Yes. Hey, RJ. Yes. That's it for emails. Okay. What you been creeping on this week? Well, Jared, what would you like to hear about? I would love to hear about Hirstute, Hirstute, men, 70s what? men with sideburns. <laughs> oh, okay. Big hairy rugs on their chests. Mm-hmm problematic political views problematic ah. views of women the treatment of chickens ah yeah that one uh, that one is a uh, fragrant offender and yeah I'm, I'm using the word i i said fragrant offender all right so uh, i had some 70s films that uh, this, 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 this this is like the redux like because you did some 70s a while back when sam was on the show 
I was prepping for the Sam Sanchez, uh, the coming of Sam mm-hmm. Sanchez. Uh, and then uh, in our course of conversation, I think um, a couple other movies that were brought up that it was like, oh, these would have fit well with what you would watch too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was a week or two later, you uh, made these available to me. You gave me your physical copies. And then I was like, it was right before May though. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, we're about to watch all these core May movies. I was like, yep. when am I going to watch these things? Uh, so I put them off, but I did, uh, your triple, triple feature, triple threat of California split freebie and the bean and Charlie Varick. So, uh, first up what's California split. This is one of the Elliot Gould, uh, boys mm-hmm. by, uh, your buddy, Robert Altman. Bob? I think this is the Bob Altman one and the same. Mm-hmm. I think this was the one that you had said. You're like, uh, this was the one you missed when you yep. had, um, did did the initial thing i and i see where it would have fit in i mean bob altman elliot gould and all those mm-hmm. uh so this uh it's a tag that i'm embarrassed i haven't used before but uh i used a gambler uh for this one <laughs> because uh the the insipid uh just beast that is gambling addiction uh is at the heart of this movie and uh you know what jared i'm here for it I like it, man. California mm-hmm. Split is pretty good. We got uh, George Siegel from Just Shoot Me, Elliot Gould, <laughs> Sex Machine. That's what just, he's known for. Ju- right? Just Shoot Me. That's what I knew him from. I was like, hey, well, that's the guy from Just Shoot what Me. What about, um, oh, God, St. Valentine's Massacre? Uh, oh, he eats that sandwich, doesn't he? He does. Oof, that's a bad one. Uh, no, I know him from uh, Just Shoot Me. So uh, him and Elliot Gould, they're uh, partners. They uh, they go to the poker halls. They go to the racetracks. They do whatever they can. Sometimes they cheat. Sometimes they don't. And it's a it's a movie about um, failure, I guess, Jared, and <laughs> things of the sort. Like sometimes they'll go up, and then they'll get mugged, and then sometimes they they'll win, but they cheated, and then they'll get the money will get taken back. And it's uh, all sorts of things that happen, Jared. Things. I can't remember what else happens. I watched this like a week ago. In between like 18, 80 hours of Star Trek, it's uh, it's fading from my memory a little bit. But uh, California Split is good. Uh, it's got a great ending, I think. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one, of those, one of those classic ones where that's where I think the gambler comes into play, where it's like just never enough, right, Jared? Never you just, enough. You go, you never, it's never enough. You go and you go and you're just never going to be happy. Even when you're up, I think this one had a great line in it, though, when they were at the bar and there's this really drunk lady and she's like falling over stuff and no one. Everyone's kind of like looking at her. It's like, oh, I wish this lady would leave. And uh, she's bragging about the place she was, places she's been. She's like, you should have seen the place I was at last night. And the bartender just kind of under his breath. He's like, any chance you can go back there? And uh, I thought it was super funny. I was like, that's a it's a good joke. It's a good very good joke. Very good dig. So, uh, yeah, California Split was good. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. or it's a, it's a great piece of sad bastard cinema. Sure is. Sure is. Which one? Which which Both. character? Yeah. Yeah. Both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, good stuff. It typifies it well. It's, uh, another, it's a great piece of uh, degenerate gambler cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about Freebie and the Bean, Jarrett? How about that Freebie and the Bean? 
So, uh, you know, with James Caan from uh, that hit TV show, Las Vegas. Do you remember that hit <laughs> yeah. TV show, Las Vegas, Jared? Yeah. What, what show was and, Alan Arkin on? Uh, Alan Arkin was in the hit TV show called Pubes, <laughs> of which you see his in this movie. And I was <laughs> somewhat put off by it because I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? <laughs> What do you so, uh, what do you got against pubes? Um, it's not that I have anything against it. It's just I wasn't expecting Alan to see Alan Arkins when I had started this movie. It wasn't wasn't in the cards for me. He was on know? an episode of Will and Grace. Well, that's what I know him from. Hundred percent, yeah, for sure. And and he, uh, there was a TV show from 1987 where he played Harry Harry Porzcheck. Well, there you go, bud. Harry. It lasted like once half a season. Okay. Oh, I remember, remember his, uh, three episodes of St. Elsewhere. Remember that? Of course. How could you forget? How could you forget, Jared? Uh, so I don't know if it was you or Sam that uh, brought up Freebie and the Bean. I can't remember. Uh, I definitely would have brought it up, but Sam would have as well. So I think this movie is a good uh, example of male bonding. Uh, you have two cops, you know, they're doing the, the buddy cop kind of routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie's got like, it's got some great stuff. The police chasing, like a lot of the car chases is very good. That scene where the car comes through that uh, three story apartment building is pretty, pretty terrific. It's really weird though. When they crash in those people's apartment, the people are, uh, they're eating bread and drinking green milk in bed. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what is up with this green milk? Like, do you, I don't know. If, do, when was the last time you watched this movie? Well, I mean, maybe it was uh, sort of like shake, you know? Shamrock shake? Yeah. Maybe. It was just, it was so bizarre. Like, she's eating dinner. He's eating a single slice of bread. And they both have glasses of green milk. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, what is that? So I, I lingered on that for a while. Um but the movie has good uh it's got the good things of like buddy cop movies and like ones that have like action sequences like the chases and stuff like that but i think it also has what justin peterson would probably deem as problematic in current days uh this one definitely has a uh, some misuse of police power i believe you would say <laughs> and it's like i know what you're saying it's like who gives a shit the movie's like 50 years old it's like that's very true it is 50 years old but i think in the very current climate it you uh it comes off it, it hits a little different jerry you know when the police are threatening to have sex with the 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 guy's girlfriend <laughs> so that he'll talk and uh-huh. you're like uh-huh. oh like okay yeah and then they're they're just doing stuff and they're they're like you can't do that and we're like they're like we'll do whatever the hell we feel like and Mm -hmm. they just start like shooting people and beating people up Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's like i did someone comment that on our youtube once when we were like uh talking about a cop movie and they're like they're like oh these guys or there's like he doesn't go off the handle enough he's not like a good enough filter cop and it's like what what are you talking about i beg your pardon Someone said something like that once, okay. but, uh, there, there's a few things like that in this and you're like, okay, whatever you can for, it's like I said, it's a 50 year old movie. You're like, whatever. Uh, but then I think the very egregious 
uh, scene, Jared, is where the uh, the chicken or the chicken, the truck full of uh, live chickens flips over in a stunt, and uh, real live chickens get hurled at the camera while you're watching the movie, and you go, "What?" <laughs> you're like, "Why would they film that? Why is that stunt in this movie? It's beyond bizarre, Jared. I don't know." I don't know. I I'm not going to hammer the point because uh, I I know you understand, but uh, I know when you probably watched this, you weren't you didn't even think of it. Oh, but I, I know. You... When I saw the post, I went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy because it's like uh, you can tell it's like it's like a flat deck truck and it's got like crates in the back and they're like so it's like a livestock truck, but you're like surely they wouldn't have real animals in that thing, and then the truck gets tipped over and then you see the chickens trying to get out and like some of them do and you're like oh my god you're like how many chickens did they fucking murder well, for this movie? well maybe they just loaded up with a lot of feathers and have a, a few uh, chickens not Move, chickens dude moved movie magic i don't know who this richard rush is but uh, oh richard rush is a yeah, is the, a stuntsman he directed the movie called the stuntman as a matter of fact they uh flip over some chickens in that movie too Oh man, I I don't I would really be curious what you think of uh the uh the stuntman? <laughs> the stuntman and Color of Night. You want to see Bruce Willis bone down? Mm. Your your Not... mom your mom did back in 1994. I mean, I mo- probably movie came out. What about the Elliot Gould Richard Rush movie Getting Straight? That movie I desperately want to see actually cuz it's the Gouldster. And you don't own this movie? No. I don't even know oh. if it's available uh, in physical media. America's children laid on the line. The fickle uh, finger of fate. Who got the finger? That sounds like uh, Tom Green uh, wrote that uh, poster. You know Tom Green, Jim. So anyways, Free Bean and Bean. It's got some good stuff. Uh, it's got a few things, though, where you, you watch it and you go, uh, <laughs> uh... Like I don't know how to feel about this. But... Oh, RJ. Well, I, I'm I'm talking about the chicken stuff, but I do feel like uh, that movie is a, a SJW's like wet dream. Uh, <laughs> Watching that thing, what, so... getting angry about it. Yeah. Well, for me, this mm-hmm. uh, freebie and the bean. It is like all about the dialogue, the mm-hmm. the, the performances of uh, Alan Arkin and James Caan. They're they're so good. Like it's like hilarious. Yep. Like Alan Arkin play is like one of the great angry men. And like James Caan's like, just he's always so fed up, and Alan Arkin's even more mm-hmm. fed up, and they're always escalating, and they're riff like their whole like back and forth when they're uh, do- doing their their shtick with uh, mm-hmm. suspects, suspects, because they're mm-hmm. cause it's all about like trying to get a guy they know is dirty, and they're going through like everything, because like this is the one where the climax is like at the the game at the end. Uh, yeah, with the um. The cross dresser is that the right term? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. Right. I don't that, yeah, remember yeah. that. That was also yeah, a. Yeah. Uh... That, oh yeah. No. Even like. So I didn't watch this that long ago. Okay. But I remember being like, "Oh man, they're really uh, pushing the boundaries." But man, for a 1974 ridiculous cop film, like I don't know, it's it's a pretty pretty great uh, piece of uh, as one here one reviewer puts it, screwball buddy cop film. Sure. And politically incorrect is mentioned. Yeah, and I mean, 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things. And it's, it's all and it's like because they're, they're just assholes. Like they're just trying to like yeah, this one guy because they, they don't they don't like him and they don't yep. like that and uh, they're going for it. Go- mm-hmm. And it's just like it doesn't take us all seriously. So I don't know police abuse. <laughs> I think if you and me were in uh, 1974, we walked in that theater and you could still have a you could smoke in the theater. We'd have a couple of pops. We watched that movie. We'd come out roaring, roaring with laughter and go, oh. Man, what a what a time to be alive, right, Chair? What a time to be alive. Yeah, no, freebie in the bean, pretty pretty sick. Good. And then I watched uh, the Sam pick, Charlie Varick, and I, I saw he had some issues with uh, the Sam picks tag, and I think you could ex- explain to him how I use tags on Letterboxd and uh, specifically the Jarrett picks and the kinds of films that fall under that uh, banner. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Jarrett picks? Jarrett Sam picks? picks? Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, Charlie Varick is by Don Siegel, Criterion Collection alumni, mm-hmm. Jarrett. Uh, the man who brought us Dirty Harry mm-hmm. and Coogan's Bluff. <laughs> I know you like that movie. Everyone loves Coogan's Bluff. Uh, so this has got our big, our boy, Walter Matthau in it, mm-hmm. in a, a role that I think he is just like, he's real good, man. And I wish he was in more roles like that. And I know that like, he's in quite a few and we've, we've talked about a few on this movie, like even things like, uh, charade and uh, like hopscotch and stuff like that. But, uh, seeing him like as a bad guy and kind of, or not even a bad guy, but like the bad guy you root for, it's like, damn, he's An good. Anti-hero. An anti-hero. He's so cool. So Charlie Varick is uh, guys who do a bank heist, and then the, there's more money than they expect. And uh, Charlie Varick himself, Walter Matthau, is like, you know what? He's like, this isn't add up. Add up. We should give this money back uh, because it turns out it, the money belongs to the mob. Doesn't here. it always though? It does. It always does. And so uh, then they they hire a a hitman that I can only describe as a no country for old men character, uh, who comes around and is, uh, stalking them and take, taking, uh, trying to get the money back. You know, yep. I feel like everyone in this movie was Josh Brolin in some sense, like the hitman, Charlie Varick, Walter Matthau himself, the sidekick, the bank guy, the mob guy who has the money is like every, they're all Josh Brolin for some reason. But, uh, this movie is uh, pretty good. Jared, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about Charlie Varick. It's been a really long time since I saw it. And when I watched it for the first time in like for 2008 or something like that, it was like a bad like rip off of like YouTube or something. And it looked like shit. And I thought it was yep. okay. But I, I knew so many people who loved it. They were all into it. So I, 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 I bought this Blu-ray and uh, now I have to I have to watch it when I get it back. I, I think you'd like it because uh, it it is it's smooth, man. Like uh, all this stuff with Walter Matthau is uh, it's really it's done in a in a really nice way where he's just like it's with ease where he's setting up all these things. He's like getting talking to this guy, talking to that guy, getting all the things ready that you need to do, and he's very sharp and smart. And you're like, yeah, you're like this is believable. It's nothing like out of his means. And then you see the hitman who's following him doing the same stuff, and you're like, oh, they're they're one in the same. And then it becomes kind of like a, the cat and mouse thing between them. Uh, there are a few points where it dips a little bit where it's like, uh, there's a couple, like 
couple of like places it kind of falls with the uh like some of the stuff he does and you're like ah oh, whatever but near by the end i think it ends pretty strong where uh you get uh walter matthau flying flying a crop duster plane in a uh, mm-hmm. chase with uh guys in cars and um and uh you, it's got an ending that you can enjoy and you root for him you're like yeah but uh, yeah charlie varick's pretty good i uh i see why people like it yeah i i look forward to rewatching it yeah yeah well you'll get it back now i guess was was this were the 70s the greatest decade rj uh, I, I think I have, I think my most watched, most highly rated in my all time is the sixties Okay. or the fifties, something like that. I don't know. Seventies was pretty good though. It's got a good, I know you like the, the look of the seventies film, right? Oh, of course. Absolutely. The, the way, like the length of sh- certain shots, mm-hmm. um, and the, just the tone, the vibe, the way everything's always dusty. It always seems like it's dusty. in the outdoors. This uh, is a dusty film. It is a dusty film. This is a dusty film. Uh, and then uh, that's it. I didn't watch a, a single other a single other film, Jared. Not a one. Not a one. Not nope. Not a one. <laughs> Nothing that I could give an opinion on or anything like that. What about how about a portrait of a film? Portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Uh, I don't know. Would it be would it be cruel if I just said nothing? <laughs> told people to wait. Well, your your review here uh, uh-huh. for it on Letterboxd. Hear my thoughts on the Criterion Creeps podcast episode eight hundred fifty six coming up March twenty thirty four, and it's got eleven likes. I know it's blowing up, dude. Because people relate. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't much know if I should... anticipated. I do do would you care to know or would you are you going to be uh you you'll be cool to just wait. <laughs> I hey, you know, I've got nowhere to be. I've got 14 years. <laughs> you got 14 years? Yeah, well, I fuck, dude. Uh... <laughs> we'll talk about it then. <laughs> I uh... <laughs> Right? Well, I mean cuz I you know we've been going pretty long. I mean, we haven't even started talking about Star Trek, so I know, and you have a movie to talk about. I know, I have, a, I have a movie to talk about. I know. So uh, here, I'll hit you with my Star Trek, and then, uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Want to hear about the first half of season six? <laughs> Absolutely. Did you watch another thirteen? Yep. Oh fucking! Oh man, you're gonna be done in three weeks. It's just, it's, it's just that easy, Jared. It's just wow. that easy. Wow. All right. So uh, 6.01, which is kind of like I already kind of talked about it last week because it's the cliffhanger, the uh, time zero with Mark Twain. Uh, so this one had my only thing was Jack London, question mark, two out of four stars, because uh, <laughs> there, there's that throwaway line. He's like, you think he's like, I think you might like my life story. I'm Jack London. And I was like, Jack London. And I was like, that's bizarre. All right, whatever. Uh, 6.02. Barkley takes the jaunt two out of four stars. Mm. So Barkley teleports and then uh, he sees things in. Oh, the te- yeah. That... Is, I, I thought it was a good idea, but uh, the episode uh, left me wanting. Remember when he hugs the space slug? That That's. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and he, and he grabs. He, gra- he grabs onto it. Yep. And because like, well, when I when it happened, when Barkley like went through and he's like, I saw stuff. I was like, whoa, I was like, they're talking about the Johns. I was like, that's pretty cool. But then it goes to the space hug slugs and you're like, well, and they come I closer. Still, I, I do like space slugs, too. But oh, yeah. uh, 
the executions leave something to be desired. It I, really I guess. does. All right, what else we got here? Uh, 6.03, J.O. Crystals, old up Deanna Troy, one out of four stars. Whoa, wait, you say J, what? So have you ever heard of J.O. Crystals, Jared? No. Like, do so, what, jerk off crystals? Exactly, exactly. So uh, there are a few uh, people that I think would call themselves gamers out there. They might uh, know that one, but uh, something about crystals and, do- and dudes doing stuff to them, but... So this is a bad episode. It's one out of four stars. This dude gives Deanna Troy some crystals, and then she she acts real crazy and starts, like, flirting with everyone, and then she gets, like, 80 years old in a night, and you're oh, like... Oh, fuck that episode. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, why is this going on here? It's always like, oh, poor Deanna. I know. I, that's like I said last or last time. I was like, she, she gets conned by all these fucking losers, and, and it happens every time, and you're like, she's smarter than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6.04, Scotty's still got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, start over again. Scotty still got it. Yeah. Two out of four stars. That's yep. uh, episode four of season six. Right. It's fine. Only fine? Yeah. Why is this? Uh, I, I see it's highly rated. Are you a big Scotty episode guy? Oh, I remember being really cool at the time, but it's a super underwhelming episode. What, what, what is, it, is it talking about Dyson Spheres? Yeah, that's, I mean. Dyson Spheres? What, what's going on with that is like, irrele- it's just Scotty hanging out with uh, Jordy, Jordy, and Jordy's like annoyed by it, and he's like, oh, I'm. The episode's called Relics. He's like, oh, I'm a relic myself. He's like, oh, the, my, my world's changed. And the episode's called relic relic and you're like yes james doing or dugan whatever your name is dohan doing dohan dugan so uh that one's whatever uh here's one that's gonna blow your mind here 6.05 ode to spot slash x files crossover four out of four stars baby okay this episode is called schisms Oh, this episode—it's only got a seven point six on. I am. Hold on here. Is so it starts off and it's a uh, data reading his poetry and it's an ode to Spot, his cat. And so immediately I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "This is like this thing's starting strong." I like like the did, sound of this. Did thing. you just like make a gesture with your finger? Four stars, mouthing it without saying it. Four stars. I mean. That would have increased my star rating uh, if it was in a bad episode. But the fact that it what followed, I think, is like an X-Files episode, I thought was amazing. So it's like everyone on the ship is like tired or not everyone. It's like uh, Riker and Jordy and uh, like two people that aren't like part of the like the main cast. Mm -hmm. They're like tired and they're acting erratic and they're like, what's going on with us? So Deanna Troy like has a group therapy in the holodeck. And they're like, they're like, this is what I'm thinking of. Oh, Worf is there too. Um, and what they hmm. memories, they they find this, they make a table, and it's like a an abduction table that they were all strapped <laughs> strapped to. Alien and abduction the, in space. I know. I I loved it. And then uh, so like the aliens make a. The signs noise, the like clicking and clacking and something else that I watched with aliens recently had that too. So like uh, they I don't know who decided that aliens just made that sound, but I was like, that's cool. I like that. Um, So these guys did it in 92. Maybe they came up with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, so what's going on is aliens are abducting people off of the Enterprise and then they're experimenting on them. Like one of the experiments is that the Jordy's arm is cut off of his body and then sewn back or like reattached. And he's like, man, my arm hurts. And then they like examine him. And Bev's like, your arm was removed and then put back on. And he, they're like, what? Mm-hmm. And then uh, at the end, there's a con- uh, they like they dope up Riker because they know he's going to get taken again that night. So he's conscious when they take him. And it's like him on the board strapped down and the aliens are walking around like experimenting on him. And I was like, oh, my God, I was like, this is so cool. I thought it was so cool, Jared. So cool. It's, it's so cool. It's four out of four stars. Do you remember that episode? I do. It was it was creepy. It, it was creepy, but uh, it's good, man. I liked it. I, I see some call it. Yeah, it's one of the scariest episodes of Next Generation. It's like, yeah, there's not that many. There's, I I mean, this one and then the Freddy Krueger one where, it, like, body bags are walking uh, around. There's, there, there's one more cool episode, I think, coming. Coming? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that was a good one. 6.06, Aliens with Asthma, Sad Face, two out of four stars. Uh, so this is the Q Jr. episode. It's not bad, uh, where it's like Q comes on. He's like, this person in your crew is part of the Q. And it's like, all right, whatever. Um, 6.07, Baby Trek. Oh, no. <laughs> two out of four stars. Uh, oh, two out of four. That's not so bad. Yeah, it was it was okay. It's uh, I was watching it. I was like, I don't know who this is for, but whatever. <laughs> baby Guinan. Baby Guinan, Baby Picard. And you're like. All right, whatever. 6.08, Sergio Leone's Star Trek, three out of four stars. Mm-hmm. It's a fistful of datas, uh, which is probably the greatest title for a single episode. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. In any of TNG, even though I think the plural of data is still data. I don't think you add an S, but shut up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 6.09, a Roomba commits suicide, four out of four stars. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you heard right. Uh, so this episode's called The Quality of Life. And this lady from a different race comes on and she's made these like little robots that like go into dangerous situations and like fix things. They're called mm. uh, X comps. Uh, and then Data connects to one of these and he's like, they are. he's like, they're alive. They're sentient. He's like, and they're not like, he's like, you can't use them for these like suicide missions because they're living beings and it's like a strong case for like animal welfare. And I, I actually thought it was a great episode here, mm. but a Roomba also one of them does kill themselves. And that's like what sparks the whole thing. And you're just like, God damn serious mm-hmm. shit. It's a good episode. I bet you'd like it if you watched it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm almost done. Uh, six ten. Can the Federation do anything right? Three out of four stars. This is Chain of Command. Oh, this is the Cardassian doubleheader. <laughs> uh, so 6.10 is, can the Federation do anything right? Three out of four. 6.11 is Geneva Code Torture Interrogation. Mm-hmm. Four out of four stars. Oh. How many lights are there, RJ? How many lights? And that guy, that's the fucking guy from TMNT2, Secret of the Ooze, who is in... David uh, Warner? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. His, he his loves he so loved he 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 loved Star Trek makeup that much. He just he had to be a Cardassian. What's his name? In this thing, yeah, uh, Jellico. Gal Madrid. Oh no, wait, no, yeah, Jellico is the R- guy. R- Ronnie was... Ronnie Cox from Robocop is uh, oh. Captain Jellico. Yeah, Jellico, and man, he's a piece of shit. You just hate him, hey? You hate him. 
he, he doesn't like Riker. He makes Deanna Troy start wearing real clothes on the Enterprise. Yeah. But uh, those that's a really good uh, doubleheader. The second episode, I think it's better just because yeah. it's like it's all like conditioning. Uh, like they're just like conditioning and torturing Picard. He's like naked and you're just like, what the fuck? Like uh, that was this was one where I was like, this is a dark episode. Like just like with what's happening, like morally and ethically. I was like, this is dark shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, like this is the beginning, though, of uh, this. That tone becomes more prevalent in Star Trek uh, especially with the the Deep Space Nine stuff. The Deep Space Nine, which uh, I know is coming up soon for me. There's a crossover episode coming up very oh, soon. Oh, man. Um, but I'll just uh, I'll finish off here uh, where I am. I got two more. Well, I guess, Six- oh, yeah, the other thing, too, with Chain of Command, because this one, I think that I'm just looking this up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the teleplay is by Ronald D. Moore. You know yeah. that? You know that Ronald D. Moore? The name stuck out, but I I, couldn't, I didn't look into he it. Is, I was like, he, I know he's, that he's the man behind the Battlestar Galactica uh, relaunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. These were these were good episodes too. Like uh, all this stuff with Picard being like uh, conditioned is wicked, and then all this stuff with Jellico on the Enterprise is really good too because he's such like a good uh, a bad guy mm-hmm. because it's like all the shit he's doing. It's so like out of out of like standard, but the episode that leads up to it, you're just like, it's one of those things again. It's like every time you see someone else from the Federation, they're like automatically, automatically the bad guy. Yeah. And it's like even this one, he's not trying to be. He's just like shitty guy. So it's like whenever you see someone from the Federation, you're like, that's the bad guy. <laughs> he's the baddie. He's the baddie. You just know. Oh. Okay, so two more for you, Jared. And then I really want to hear about what you have to say about things. Yep. So 612, uh, Barkley v. Moriarty, two out of four stars. <laughs> Aww, so uh, there's, there's the other Moriarty episode. It's fine. It's not bad. Oh. But uh, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, whatever. I, I still liked it, but I don't think it's that great. Uh, 613, Jordy tried to kick a dog, two out of four stars. <laughs> you heard that right. What episode's that? Uh, it's called Aquiel. Uh, they go to like a space station and they find like a melted human and they're like, Oh, what is this? And they're like, Klingons go past this route. So they're like, did you like Jordy starts listening to this girl's like, uh, her like personal logs and then they find her. And then it's like, it's like, well, what, why did you lie? Or it's like, who's the blob? Is it you? Is it the Klingon? What's going on? And she has a dog and Jordy takes care of it. And then at one point the dog's like whining and Jordy tries to kick it. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, why is Jordy kicking dogs in Star Trek? It's like that. It's like the dad in George Washington. It is like the dad in George Washington. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, I got a grudge against dogs. It's like, oh, why? It's it like, raped me. <laughs> it raped me once. You go, you go, what? I beg your pardon, officer. Excuse me? So, Jared, that's all that I watched. That's all? Well, I mean, it's like I said, if you really want me to tell you about Portrait, I will. But uh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm totally fine waiting 14 years. So that's I can't wait to hear about what you watched this week. Well, RJ, as you might have noticed and listeners mm-hmm. might have noticed, I have been watching a lot of cinema lately. Sure. I basically, sure. I'm, you know, I'm making slugging my way through the creeps proper. 
Mm-hmm. But just like haven't had a lot of time. Honestly, haven't had a lot of drive to watch like other things. I'm still picking up movies here and there. I've got the a hell of a backlog, hell of a backlog. Yes, but there was one particular movie that I really wanted to make some time for because it's very important to me to keep my letterboxed lists nice and neat and clean. I and, see. And most recently, on my best pictures winner list. There mm-hmm. was one movie that was breaking up my 100% role. Uh, oh, really? Yep. One Which movie. movie was that, Jer? It's this movie called Green Book. Oh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this this movie, uh, my co-host RJ apparently will yeah. one day do a one-man reenactment of. 100%. I will. And so couple things i'll just i just want to say uh so you recall who directed green book rj yes i do yes, yes uh do. peter farley of the mm-hmm. farley brothers uh, of which you're a fan of, of i'm a fan of at least three of their movies mm-hmm. dumb and dumber kingpin there's something about mary uh i mean with working with his brother uh the two of them i think really were able to nail the road trip movie uh, yep. That that yeah. is kind of their uh, their oeuvre, and strangely, you know, Green Book emerges out of this as well. Uh, I mean, when I I've, I had I don't even know if I'd ever seen a trailer for this movie or seen a, a moment of, like other than like, still images and the movie poster that's like totally nondescript. What about when I described it to you? And what you described, which like, okay. but it confirmed everything I assumed the movie was going to be about. And I'd be like, oh, boy, is this it's driving Miss Daisy. But like we flipped it. Mm-hmm. It's a black man sitting in the back seat with a white guy driving. What? Exactly. That that was kind of like, huh, here we go. Here we mm-hmm. go. Uh, looking over what uh, else uh, Pete Farley's directed. Uh, I mean, come on. Fever Pitch. Remember that? Uh, I do remember Fever Pitch. It's not bad. I'm a Red Sox guy, though. So no. what are you going to do? Except I don't care for Jimmy Fallon much. That's that's perfectly okay. I'm not going to argue yeah. that point. Uh-huh. So I wanted, uh, I don't know. I was feeling maybe weak on Saturday when I watched this. I was just like wanting to, you know, fill some time mm-hmm. in my life, sad life. And I was like, well, it's time to get this one out of the way. And I, I gave it a fair shake. And this this movie sure. is very uh, RJ-ian. Uh, could you describe what that means? Um, I'm not familiar with that term. Broad stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> and how 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 necessarily do you relate that to RJ? Well, there's something about like this, like the cinema of the Italian American, and it's like oh. in, in Sopranos, and this has all those those trappings that I'm like, oh, RJ. Artie's going to lap this up. Oh, you know what my favorite line is? Wait, do you have a favorite line of Vigo's in this? You know, so I barely recognize Vigo Mortensen in a lot of this movie. He okay. does not look like, he does not like look like Aragorn <laughs> at all. He's just that good, baby. There's like, I think one bit where he's sitting in the jail cell and at a particular yeah. angle and his hair's down. You're like, oh, there, there there's my Vigo. I think you'd probably like uh, that. What is that, Captain Fantastic or whatever that thing? I think you'd like that Vigo. That's a good Vigo. That one that came out like three, four years ago. Whatever it was. So, anyways, you know what my favorite Vigo line is in this movie? Drew? What's, what's that? When uh, he's like, 
when uh, what's his face blade is like a you know blade he's like people are gonna have a problem with the way you talk he's and vigo goes people don't like the way i talk they can go take a shit that's right and i went excuse me uh, it's a it's a unique uh euphemism that i i haven't heard before jared have you ever said that to someone is like hey if you don't like it go take a shit i have not i've not yeah this, this, unique. this was the first um, it's it's you know great to see Linda Cardellini in the role now of <laughs> the wife. The wife, yeah. Oh man, sure. I had the biggest crush on her. Freaks and Geeks sure era. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Scooby Doo. See, I never seen that Scooby Doo, but I know she's Velma in that, and I can yep. I can only imagine. Wow! 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 wow. <laughs> the uh, the memers are gonna have a field day with that one. Well, have at it. <laughs> I yeah, they gotta keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, gotta, I, I, as... I gotta give them that that uh, material. Well, so... what was that thing you said earlier? That Sam said. <laughs> Continue with Green Book. Uh, so Green Book. So uh, this is a movie with with its heart in the right place, RJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like saying it's saying like really bold statements, like racism. Racism's bad. Racism is bad. It's, it's like, like you go, guys. People shouldn't be homophobic. People shouldn't give a shit. True. And it's like but, wow, huge, huge. Which I mean, I think and, when and, Greenbelt... it's like the people in the South are really racist. They're more racist than normal regular people who don't live in the South. Also true. And I mean, I feel like, you know how you say it's very self-evident, like, kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say what's going on currently in the States is, like, maybe more people need to watch Green Book. They shouldn't, though. You know, like, like is this movie going to yeah. – is it, is it going to – so because there's this whole thing set up in the movie about, like, bravery and being, like, like and not – like, like bravery is going to, like, change the world. It's like kind of this thing that's thrown out there. And so like the whole thing of like, I'm not going to take this last act and I'm going to throw all this money away. And that's the right thing to do to show these sons of bitches, these <laughs> racist fucks, the like what for. And then there's no, like, there's no repercussion like at all. There's like no bravery at all. Like, it's just like, yeah, fuck them. And it's like, d- does does Tony Lip get his money at the end? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. And you're like, okay, well that's fine. I guess like it doesn't matter. And because this movie is also kind of like a planes, trains, and automobiles type deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah Because of course, like, I could like I didn't even realize until like way too late. I was like, oh right, this movie's going to end on Christmas. Uh, I didn't even know it was a Christmas movie when we first watched it. And then it ends on Christmas and you go, hey, it's Christmas. It's, it's, if, so, I mean, part of me is like, that's really calculated. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's going to, like, really wrench that. Because like, there's, like, something about, like, making a movie about, like, about Christmas. Christmas. And people will watch it and be like, oh, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And it will become part of the, the conversation. Yeah, of about Christmas movies, and that's like that's like a unending money that comes in if your movie becomes linked with Christmas. Well, I think uh, Oliver Granger sent me a film that he he thinks we should watch at Christmas time, and I think it's it's something to do with Christmas, but it was directed by Mr. Lavar Burton. Oh, so uh, <laughs> that's right. So we'll have to look into that, see if it's uh, something I, that we need to do. That's, 
can't, I, I can't I can't believe that he uh, directed a movie being blind. Well, Jarrett, I mean, he can still make things. I guess that visor is pretty powerful. Oh my god! So this movie, this green yeah. book, um, I thought it was a good movie, RJ. Oh, I liked it. I liked it. Ma. I liked it. It's fine. It's good. God. I think it's one of the like of the recent Oscar baiting and uh, Oscar winning movies. I thought it was like, wow. oh, you know, it's got some real, real, real stupid stuff. Like where it's like, it oh, my God. Like the fried chicken scene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a good one, right? Well, there's like two. Which one? There's two fried chicken uh, scenes. In the car, that fried chicken scene. Yeah. He goes, you got eat it like this. Oh, how do you how do you eat it? Oh, how, how do you eat it? Oh, while we're on the Italians, as you brought up, I, I was told uh, I was too white on the Italian movie last week and uh, the depiction of the Italian culture. So I guess I need to ramp up my uh, <sighs> my um, the how I view Italian movies. So okay. get ready for that, Jared. Oh, but I'm uh, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not super surprised that you liked it. I think that's good. I'm glad that you liked it. No, I mean it's 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 got some clinky stuff. It's got some sure. stuff. I think like one of the worst offenses is the uh, bit where the the car like overheats and it just happens to come to a complete stop at the side of the road right by this like field where a bunch of black people are like farming, and it's, then and yeah. then it's like they stop and there's all this like buildup of when they like look up from their toiling in the fields to see this black man in a suit. Mm-hmm. With a white man driving him. And it's like, what, is this like, because it's like, this is how the other side lives. Or it's like, oh, he gives something to aim for. Like I I was kind of like, mm-hmm. this scene, it's it's going for something. But uh, I was just like, this is very contrived. <laughs> yes. But I mean, the whole, I mean, it's cinema, baby. It's cinema. Yeah, there's that. Uh, also, the, because I remember, I think when you watched this, I was like, so like, do, like what are like the racist Southerner scenes like? And of course, like the, the one where it's like at the bar. Mm. when um, uh, Don Shirley, uh, mm-hmm. when he's just like drunk and being self-destructive and he mm-hmm. wanders into the wrong bar and a couple of white guys just start beating him up and they're like, oh, I want to teach you a lesson. And you're like, what What lesson? <laughs> like, beat him up more? Are you going to murder him now? Because like, well, do you not see black people? I mean, but I guess it's, again, it's 1962 and it's like well, in, in Kentucky. I mean, 1962, 2020. Who's? What's the difference, right, Jarrett? No. <laughs> what was the line? Uh, a vehicle is about like one of the uh, the 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 motels that he drops um, John off at. He's like something about how it's like very comfortable or like fine places. Like it's, it's, this is worse than my ass. <laughs> something along <laughs> that line. <laughs> yeah, he's got a ton of good lines in that in Green Book. That's what I'm telling you, dude. Oh, good, yeah, great, great writing. <laughs> if they don't like the way I talk, but they can take I, a I shit. Can, well, when, when he talked about it though, did you like mention like the scene where he has like he's ordered a pizza and he proceeds to just like fold it in half, calzone style, and just eats this like large pizza <laughs> in 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 bed. Because like the whole thing is like he's like yeah. he's just like glutton. He just can't he's stop eating. Like he he even like there's this movie and it has time for character establishing that he'll like eat like twenty six hot dogs for fifty bucks. Yeah. Well, Jared, it's part of the Italian culture. They can't help themselves. They're in, they're insatiable. They just they literally cannot help themselves around food, around women, mm-hmm. around whatever. Like I mean, check out Mama Roma. You'll see it all there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I forgot about the hot dog scene, too. Yeah. You ready for dinner? I ate like 50 hot dogs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you go, what? Oh, man. It's good stuff. I'm so glad that you watched it. Yeah, got and that you and that you enjoyed it. I did. It was. I don't know. It was. It. it again, this is something that goes back to what uh, Oliver I think wrote about Sully and how watching like a contemporary movie oh, right. when you're in the throes of watching the sometimes fairly stodgy filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that it's just like the, the film craft is not contemporary and like just so honed down to like just pure watchability. And you watch something like this and you're like, oh. This movie's like over two hours and it just goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, those are both good points from Oliver and like what you said too. I saw a tweet the other day. Uh, someone was like, "Is like when you're 22 and like st- like you can't stop talking about like Stalker, uh, like Tarkovsky Stalker, and like why it's like so important and stuff." And it's like then when you get over 30 and you realize that like Happy Gilmore is one of the greatest movies ever made, and it was like. <laughs> They, they said it a little more eloquently than that, but it's like, that's true. It's like all these old movies, they're fine. These Criterion films, they're fine, Jared. But all these people who get in a huff about it and like to this day are like, oh, have you seen this one? It's like, you know what? Sometimes you need a sister act too, just to kind of cut through all this stuff. And that's why I'm glad that uh, Actia Maximum Jackson took uh, took the hit on that because, you know, I think it's going to improve his overall film watching abilities. And I think you watching <laughs> Green Book – is going to improve your overall film watching abilities. Uh, so it's it's good, especially because with the the next month that we have of uh, what we're watching, I think you need a you need something to to chase it down a little bit. Boy, oh boy, oh, Jesus! So, oh, what, what are you going to watch? Oh, uh, Everything is there any movies that have English in them until Slacker? Oh no! Oh God! No, guys, <laughs> I don't want to have to read everything. Do you think you could get dubs for some of those movies? Oh, that, if no, probably not. Put out some of these movies with dubs. I would get it a hundred percent, just well, because it's like I would way rather have the dub. They could get us to dub. To dub for them? Mm-hmm. I would love to. I'd love to do a dub of Green Book. Give for it the, the Criterion. Give it the creep rub. Ooh. I don't know how to feel about that one. Uh, feels pretty good to me. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts on Green Book? Uh, off the top of my head, no, not really. What do you think is better, Green Book or Parasite? Oh. This is where we're going to expand. Oh, man. I, like, you're, you're, Parasite is clearly technically a better made movie but i think it was more like i had such low expectations and such high expectations parasite didn't reach my high expectations and green book i was just like oh that was like pretty okay so i mean that parasite i think it's like (laughs) definitely i think a better movie maybe i'm maybe i'm a post dog for saying this maybe maybe my heart of hearts i really think that green book is a better movie but i don't think that's the case no 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 but uh, yeah, I mean, compared to like Shape of Water, like mm-hmm. yeah, or like the artist <laughs> Birdman, like get get, yeah. the, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, people are really clinging onto the artist still. Hey, remember how? No remember one, that nobody, movie? no one clings onto the artist. Like I don't even. No, like, no, no, nobody no gave one, a shit when it came out. No, they didn't. But Green Book, baby. <laughs> 
fuck. It's so such an RJ movie. I can't. Oh, it is. Chair. It is. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Best picture. I want to take a real quick look oh. here because since I've seen them all, uh, Diary. This guy's seen all the best picture films. I have. Let's see here. Mm. Hmm. Hey, what's the re- what are the recent ones? Oh, actually, before you even do that. It's like, I mean, it's like, I mean, I liked it as much as I liked Spotlight. It's, okay. It's a lot better than Chicago. A lot better than Out of Africa. Well, what do you got against Out of Africa? Oh, that movie's just pants man have i ever told you the story the uncomfortable story about out of africa that I, I, happened you, to me you probably did actually when i watched out of africa back in march of 2018 so one time when i lived in colorado <laughs> we we got it's been a while to since we had one of those colorados colorados uh me and a couple of buddies got tickets to go see a Denver Nuggets game. But uh, where we lived was about like 45 minutes from Denver. So uh, we didn't no, – none of us had a car. So we had to like get a car to take us basically. And it was this old guy who drove us up there. Um, and while we were – he was like normal enough. But on the way up there, he told the story about – he's like, have you guys ever seen Out of Africa? And we were all like – no he's like you know there was just a scene in that where uh he's like uh is it robert redford and meryl streep in that movie yeah sounds right something like that he's like where uh you know he's washing her hair and he's like and it just it made me respect her forever because of that scene oh yeah, yeah. and we were like what meryl streep yeah because, because he because she washes her hair in that movie and he's like oh it's the best cinema i've ever seen sensual and so uh, I don't think I will watch Out of Africa because of that uh, horrifying description that that guy talked about her hair getting washed. Anyways, there what you... else do you have to talk about? Nah, that's it. Nice. Nice. Uh, you, got, you got any news? Uh, you know what I was thinking? Well, I did see a news today where Stanley, Stanley Kubrick refused to meet Steven Spielberg. And that was just the headline. And I was like, I'm happy with that. I'm not going to... Or Alfred Hitchcock, not Kubrick. Alfred Hitchcock refused to meet Steven Spielberg. Okay. He was on Reddit. Hmm. And uh, I didn't read the actual story because I thought it would be funny to leave it at that. But you know what I was thinking, Jared? Yeah. What do you think the Oscars is going to be like next year? Like is... <laughs> uh, with Best, it just best Picture, up. Invisible Man? Is it going to be Invisible Man versus Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Or did that come out 20? 20- that came out Yeah, like, that came yeah. out this year. That's going to be it, eh? Uh, well, I guess Tenet, Tenet is going to get released. Well, yeah, my news, of course, was the ongoing saga of Tenet, which yep. apparently now will be released outside of the U.S. And, like, apparently at the end of next month, it's possible, if our theaters are open by then, mm-hmm. that we could we could partake and get exposed to COVID while watching Christopher Nolan's new movie. Because it's very important that we see what he can think of from his memory. Well, I mean, it's he, he goes off of memory. He doesn't use chairs. So you, me, and Oliver, and Rob Eagle, and Frank, if he's outside of the... Well, actually, well, maybe Frank. Anyone who's not in America. George Halschminer could probably watch it in a, in a month or so, I think, right? Something like that. Yeah, I have no idea what the yeah. release dates are like for these. Things. I think it was like August twenty eighth or something for Canada and mm. other countries, <laughs> but not the states. Well, yeah, unless it's like it's it's, it's going to they'll have a rollout 
depending state to state. Like it's fucking bizarre. It's a throwback to a different era. It's that mm-hmm. that pre Jaws era when movies would have like staggered releases. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what else are they gonna do? Release it mm-hmm. digitally, and so people can just watch it that way. And they would probably do massive because it's the new Christopher Nolan movie, and it will be like you could build it up as an event that everybody would tune into. It could even cause streamers to crash. I don't know. I doubt that would happen, but. But it like could a be pay per view, like fifty dollars. It's going to air one night Friday across the country. Sure. Yeah, that'd I, be cool. I think you could pull it off, but they're like, I don't know. That's not how their mode works. Yeah, they, they want those those ticket prices. And Christopher Nolan is a purist. Yes, I think just about film viewing and not other things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he wants people to see it in the theater or have the shot, have an opportunity because you'll, they'll, no one will ever be able to see movies again in theater if they don't see it right now. The movie that Warner Brothers is like $200 million into. I mean, we didn't talk about it a lot last week, but it was like, I don't really understand why they didn't just like delay it until next year like every other studio is doing. Like, why does it have to come out right now? Why not just delay it? I think there's a part of the fact that AT&T needs money. And they oh. and they really want money. They really yeah. they really really want money. And so they're like, we got to make this money. Mm-hmm. And there's a I feel like they I, I, there's, lose money though, you know. Well, they will because this movie costs like two hundred million dollars, and it's like it's not making that now. Like because the systems change. It's not it's, it's not yeah. it's not against the movie. It's like I don't know what the percentage of people who are just not going to go to theaters ever again are until there's a vaccine, as people always say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, you might be waiting a long time. Because it I might, think, it, it may yeah. never happen. It's there's a possibility, it could happen, mm-hmm. or it's like oh, the idea that like oh we're gonna have a vaccine, but it's gonna be optional, like the flu. It's like so it doesn't. It's why people still get the flu. No one gets because most people don't get a flu shot because they don't believe in it, and so and it's mm-hmm. like well, unless this one is a cure and it just fixes it. Yeah, and, and you make it mandatory. It's like yeah, no. Every time you go to the theater, this is like the new thing though. It's mm-hmm. like people always do these comparisons, you know, people trot out the flu shit and, well, it's not like this it's, or it's not as bad as this. And you're like, well, no, yeah. it's like maybe it's not as bad as cancer. Maybe it's not as bad as like heart attacks or whatever. But it's a new thing. This thing just existed and it's been foisted upon humanity. Mm-hmm. And you're like, OK, well, we just have to live with this now. That's pretty yep. fucked up. But nobody talks about it that way because I don't think people even can comprehend that this danger is just like has emerged into our lives. Because it used to be like, mm-hmm. you know, falling deaths and drowning deaths have been with us forever. And now we have this sure. new thing that like, oh, yeah, you don't have to be doing anything but go get your fucking groceries. And now you're dying. And you're like, well, and that's it. Like, no fault of your own. You just or that you're not even like there's no risk there's nothing you're like oh you mean obviously cancer is like you can just get that too but oh yeah this mm-hmm. this is a new one this can get you as well and heaven forbid you're like 70 years old or older because now your life expectancy has just been cut off completely or, or, or sorry for 10 percent of you well yeah but they and it's like all that other shit too is like all these young people who have like like i saw a bunch of people uh in the states that are like 20 to 40 and they have like all these like serious long-term things like that guy who was a marathon runner and now he can't even like walk around the block and he's got like inhalers and he like can't even breathe anymore it's like it's like yeah he didn't die because he wasn't 80 but it's like but look at the life he's fucking living now it's like that's not great hey as the lieutenant governor of texas once said uh there are more important things than living (laughs) 
Really? Really? Yeah. And the the thing I saw today too, and then I'll, I'll drop it. But uh, one thing I saw today too is like some of the early vaccines they were making, they're not working anymore because it's it's already mutated a bunch. So it's like, it's like I don't know, man. Will we ever figure it out? Hard to say. Yeah, they should have just delayed it, dude. Mm, yeah. Oh my god. What is it? Yeah, I hope this is real. Uh, what? So. Alleged, okay, I mean, I'm just, I just literally clicked on Twitter for a second, <laughs> and uh, so some website called Turning Point USA. Oh God, that's that Ben Shapiro shit, dude. Okay, so they just posted this thing of like Nick Cage from Con Air with with the text, "Me not wearing a mask while leftist screams at me from their car across the parking lot at Whole Foods because they're like, ha ha ha, it's so cool." The even the Whole Foods that was dick. that was from July 28th. July 29th from Politico, Turning Point USA co-founder dies of coronavirus-related complications. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Jared, of uh, course. I don't know. It could be crap. It's like one of those, it's always one of those, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true mm. that someone died because that's great, right? It's horrible. But it's like, motherfuckers. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> it's these motherfuckers. Like, it's like, it's not, it's not that hard to come together. People reunited mm-hmm. once, just for like a little bit. But we blew it, RJ. As always, we blew it. Well, I mean, yeah, we did. Yeah. There's no going back from this, bud. <sighs> Fuck me. God damn it. Hey, as Joe Biden said the other day, 100 days, 100 days. I uh, I think it's... <laughs> It's, can you what we're going to be recording a podcast like at that point still in theory but in 100 uh, days yeah maybe yeah maybe, maybe. uh-huh um hey you know what i just think it hit me too it's like next week's probably our four year anniversary holy shit okay yeah <laughs> is uh is that good holy shit does it feel like four years Jared, in your heart in your soul it feels a lot longer Feels a lot longer. Hey, uh, well, it's something to celebrate for. Are you getting ready for Creeptober? Now that you, you watch movies, right? Oh, am I? Hmm. No, I should. I guess. God damn, it's two months mm-hmm. away till kickoff. I, I, I had an idea, and I'll run it by you. So, because 2020 is a crazy year, I do have like a, a rough Creeptober list, but I could do two other things. I could take my watch list and edit it or filter it just to horror and just watch those or you could pick my whole creeptober if you want if you're looking for a job to compile <laughs> movies like are you talking about me to like finally me. tune and craft a list for rj's viewings like yeah a, like a curator you could, you could if you want and if you wanted you could take uh advice uh, picks from other people okay that's yeah. up to you if you want the work. <laughs> yeah, I could attempt to take that on, and then if I don't want to, I'll just say, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yep. My biggest, my big, my only, only caveat would be try to avoid animal uh, stuff. I know sometimes you don't know. You don't know that it's there. I don't That'd rem- be the- I, either I don't know or I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. That'd be the only thing for, and like other people, if they recommend movies, the only thing I'd say is try to avoid that because I don't like it. Other than that, whatever. <laughs> yeah kids have at them no have at them have at them interesting you want to talk about a movie fuck <laughs> let's go 
after the break, uh-huh. we all get together for a big shindig for like an hour. And we, we'll call it a podcast at a castle. Under 50 people, right? And it's going to be subtitled. It's, it, it makes for great, great audio. Um, this, I watched this on mute, I think. Ulla Jakobsson, Eva Dahlbeck, Harriet Andersson, Margit Karlqvist, Naimar Ystrand och herrarna Gunnar Björnstrand, Jan Kulle, Åke Fridell, Björn Bjellenstam. Sommarnatten när har flera leenden, bara vi här har ett, så alla unga öppnar sina hjärtan. Och här har vi kanske ett annat leende, vad vet vi? Jo, en sak. Det fanns ingen som kunde kyssas med en sån våldsam extas som advokat Egerman. Han älskade den unga, oskuldsfulla kvinnan. Det fanns bara hon, det sa han. Och så hon förstås, hon sa så här. Din gamla bock, ditt feben, din långmästa dromedar, vad du ser ovanligt mänsklig. Rytmästaren sa inte så mycket, men det kanske var ett sommarnattsleende som han försökte visa. Och den här unga damen ler på sitt speciella sätt. Det kanske är svårt tyckt, då överlämnar vi ordet. Vilka är det som kommer? Är det skådespelare vad de heter i kyrket? Är det en komedi vi ska se? Det är vitt. Har du något emot att jag tar av uniformen och sätter på mig min nattrock? Den är tråkigt nog upptagen. Jag ser det, men jag tänkte den skulle bli ledig om några ögonblick. Får jag presentera? Hur gammal var Peter? 16 år sedan. Vad dog Peter? Jesus, det var så skönt och knepigt som man nästan dog. Kristin trodde att den första etappen skulle bli den svåraste. Kanske den svåraste, men inte den delikataste, för den kommer nu. Ja, då kan vi anse oss som förlovade då. Du kan en kvinna någonsin älska en man. Kan du säga med det? Ja, den frågan och många andra besvaras i sommarnattens leende. Ni är välkommen. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Smiles of a Summer Night, directed by Ingmar Bergman from 1955. The tagline for this film, RJ. Yeah? A sexy frolic about the sport (laughs) of love. (laughs) That's not really it, is it? I can't imagine that was the original tagline. Maybe that was like some weird American distributor saying, hey, you want to check out this Smiles movie? It's a sexy frolic. What the fuck? And the synopsis from Letterboxd. 
early in the 20th century, middle-aged lawyer Frederick Eggerman and his young wife Anne have still mm-hmm. not consummated their marriage, while Frederick's son finds himself increasingly attracted to his new stepmother. To make matters worse, Frederick's old flame, Desiree, makes a public bet that she can seduce him at a romantic weekend retreat where four couples convene, swapping partners, and pairing off in unexpected ways. What? So, swapping partners? Yeah. Scandalous. Is, is, this, is this a 1955 movie about 1900, or is this 2020? Everyone's Polly now, you know. Polly cockamorous? Yeah. This movie's got some cucking. So, RJ, you know, Yo. there's two things I don't associate with comedy. Uh, is it the Swedish? The, the Swedish cinema. Okay. I know that they've made some comedies. Don't get mad, people. Okay. 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 And Igmar Bergman. Yeah, so what is another Ingmar Bergman comedy? Well, apparently his two prior movies to this are comedies. Like Hour of the Wolf? No. Oh. What about uh, Troll Jurgen or whatever? What? <laughs> Troll Jurgen? <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's Troll Hunter. Ma- uh, Troll Fleur- Flirt. Ma- ma- magic Flute. Yeah, Magic Flute. Is that uh, a comedy? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, there's like his movies have humor in them. Sure. But uh, nothing like I, I think it would be like kind of crazy referring to this as an overt comedy, but it that it allegedly is. Uh, I mean, I've I for my watching for this week uh, between this and the other thing, I saw some I saw some pretty pretty broad uh, takes on things that uh, I find a little bit questionable. So. Yeah, the uh, the comedy thing. I I did see that it was described as that. I was like, I was like, where is the comedy in this thing? Other than maybe that guy at the end who jumps around in the hay and he's he's uh, hitting on the the maid. I was like, that's the only real lighthearted stuff in this movie. Well, okay. We'll, get well there's a there's a few things, but it's like I don't know if it. Some of it doesn't land. Whatever you tell me so, about this movie. So this this your movie. Uh, yeah. So the character of Frederick. Uh, he is played by one of Igmar Bergman's boys. Yes. Um, Gunnar Bjornstrand, who's in oh, yeah. quite a lot of uh, Bergman's movies. And I think we've alone already watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that it? Six? Okay, I've seen nine movies total with him. But, you know, he's in that Wall of Strawberries, he's in that mm-hmm. Seventh Seal. He's Winter in Light. Autumn Sonata. Winter Light is the lead through mm-hmm. a glass darkly. And, yeah. I think uh, even more than how many times we've seen him, how many fucking Bergman movies have we watched already? Whew. And it's like we have another one in what, like two months? Yep. Yeah. We'll Not move. even? Yeah. Fanny. Jeez. Man, there's a lot of Bergman. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can dance with Ingmar Pervman any day of the week, but it's like <laughs> some of these movies you're like, God damn, there's a lot of Bergman. Yeah, he is he is well represented in the Criterion yeah. Collection. Yeah, I mean, fuck, we just watched scenes from a marriage, uh, yeah. like what two months ago? Not not even like, yeah, maybe two months ago. Yeah, and then yeah, Benny and Alexander is like six hours long yeah. too. Yeah, so he's. He, I mean, it's like him and Kurosawa. I think are the most represented directors at this point. Sure, Fellini's, so far. F- Fellini, 
not too far off from that. I mean, yeah, yeah in a couple of weeks will be more Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So Bjorn, Bjorn Strand, <laughs> Bjorn Bjorn yes. Strand, Gunner. Um, he he's quite the haircut in this movie. He have <laughs> Jared. Did you ever see a show called Ned Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? No. Okay, so uh, there's a character in that show called Coconut Head, and he has a haircut, and it was all I could fucking think of. It was going to be my review of this movie. It was just a link to uh, a picture of this kid. I'm going to send it to you as you uh, you keep talking about this movie. I'll send you a picture of Coconut Head. Okay. So Bjorn, Bjorn Strand here, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's got a severe haircut. It's, I mean, is, it, is, this a, is this a comedy haircut? Uh, you know what I kind of – Thinking about it now, that movie "Come to Daddy" with uh, Elijah Wood, where it's like his yes. comedy based. What's that? Like that? I said his entire appearance is like comedy based. Right. Sometimes all it takes is a funny haircut to get those big laughs, or make yeah. people not take you seriously. Yeah, could be. So, this guy he's uh, he's married to a, a lady, mm-hmm. Anne, and uh, she's much younger than him. There's um, a scene of him waking up kind of in a dream, a sexy dream, and she, like, turns over, and she starts hearing him call out another woman's name. <laughs> We've all been there, right, fellas? Like, uh, you know, Andrea says I sometimes talk in my sleep. Have, have you ever done that? Uh, apparently. Really? Oh, oh coconut head. <laughs> that's, like the, that's more like a <laughs> Prince Adam. Is that what it's called? That's what I call it. Well, that that that's all I I thought when I was uh, watching this, but yeah, I've been known to. Oh, talk about his his is a little bit tighter than that. It's not like that's it's, very that's very loafy. That one's got a lot yeah. of volume. This this one's yeah. like very close to the skull. It's like, it's like a Caesar, but then kind of like with the the underhang along the, the chin strap, t- tight. Yeah, the chin strap right along there, and yeah. ugh, ugh, not a, not a good look for a when you went, for anyone for anyone when you went to high school. Is there a lot of chin straps? Um, kind of. I don't know. I guess that was like a look. It's like kind of like the buff Bagwell. Yeah, a little bit. Where it's it's just that thin little line along the jawbone because it's it was like all that you could really grow. Like most kids, unless you're like Hungarian or something, most kids could just grow that little line. You know, uh, a wisp. Just a wisp. So uh, yeah, his hair his hair uh, style is pretty. God Pretty damn. comical. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough. So it's rough. this guy, he, his wife, of course, feels real bad about this. But uh-huh. you know, there's some context of like, yeah, they don't like, they don't do anything with one another at all. And she's like really uh, yep. put out by this, allegedly. They go allegedly. to the they go to the theater, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's they they lay on some comedy. RJ, they put it on thick that she's like. Oh, do you know her? Yeah, I think I think her name is so and so. Oh, do people call her Desiree? Yes, I do believe so. Oh, have you seen her before? Oh, yeah, I guess once or twice. Why is she looking right over at us? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it's just like kind of like oh, it's just it's a it's a situational comedy. It's just it layers a situational comedy. It, is there it, another it, name it, for that? No, none. Okay. It, but it okay. layers on the like uh, it layers on the awkwardness. But yes, but in a 1955 way where i don't feel like bergman is at home at at this type of material Mm -hmm. because i mean we've seen some 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 old old grandpa comedies that have worked really well we've seen some of those um sullivan's travels and lady eves where i think uh, it works 
So, or even uh, old old duck soup, or uh, uh, not, not night at the opera. Fool. Yeah, night at yeah. the opera. Yeah, we've seen we've seen some data comedy. We would uh, well, we'll get there. But I was gonna say, um, we you could also bring up W. C. Fields when you're talking about old man well, that's comedy. About, that's about bank dicks. But bank dick was uh, I remember bank dick was uh, it had some had some good stuff in it still. It had some good stuff. So yeah. this is like usually. I mean, it seems like the American comedy is like a mm-hmm. go-to for um, a lot of cinema. So here we have foreign comedy. Sure. Which, I mean, I, I've seen some funny foreign films. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, it's, it's hard, eh? Well, yeah, I, 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 know, uh... I, know, I know I have. I know I yeah. have. Well, who hasn't? Absol- I mean, Absolutely. <laughs> are you a fan of uh, that Shaun of the Dead? Because that's foreign. <sighs> yeah, but I guess it's like foreign language comedy. I know what you mean. You know, well, sometimes you know though, saying? that's part of the comedy is like the 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 language and the way that you speak, right? So sometimes when you read the subtitles, you lose that comedy mm-hmm. stuff. But some the really good ones that you're talking about, the comedy shines through even in subtitles. Hey, remember that? Uh, remember looking for comedy in the Muslim world? Remember that? Remember that documentary? Remember that? Four Lions. I've seen that movie. You've seen that. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I saw it pop up sometime or a while ago. People were like talking about not liking it. And I was like, I don't know. I thought it was fine. You ever seen Four Lions? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen Four Lions. You see that? You it's, hear that? It's Chris Morris. It's Chris Morris. Chris. Okay. Okay, cool. Tell me more about Swedish dudes. Um, Swedish dudes. So anyway, so he's got his wife and he's got his side piece. But this mm-hmm. this woman, though... He um, he's got like some unrequited love going on there. He wants a little bit of that, but it's kind of like, well, he goes over to she's an actress. He wants to hang out with her, but he he falls in a pool after being told to watch out for it, <laughs> and then he has to change into like a nightgown, be, be very embarrassed by this ridiculous nightshirt and uh, little nightcap to keep him warm so he doesn't catch cold, which isn't actually a thing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But then her her secret lover, um, what's this guy's name? Count her Carl wife. Magnus Malcolm, Jarl Kuhl. It's a bit of a name, yeah. The Jarl. The Jarl. Didn't they call you that in high school? The Jarl. The Jarlsberg. They, they did not. Oh, that's too bad. So he, of course, shows up, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? She's kind of like all excited that they like might beat the shit out of each other, and she's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not trouble. Well, Jared, I don't know, like, isn't that something that uh, people enjoy is uncomfortable situations? Situational <laughs> comedies based on un- uncomfortability, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, yeah. when done right. When when sure. done When done well. Um so there's like this other f- stuff going on. Frederick's got a son and like yeah. he's all like miserable and like, like hyper Catholic. Yeah. Lumping around, mm-hmm. getting yelled at, being just like, it's like, it's like, what's this guy's deal? And it's like, apparently, I guess he's like really into his dad's wife now. Well, that plays in 2022. I don't know if you've seen some of the trends that uh, <laughs> on the internet. Oh wow! 
that uh, I've I've heard about on Reddit. Reddit tells me what mm-hmm. these trends are. You, you I don't, mean uh, those trends that are like, hey, let's incest is big. Let's get around that by making it nice and legal by saying stepmom. Allegedly, and that that's what I'm saying yeah. is allegedly. I don't yeah. uh, I don't subscribe to such things. But yeah, uh, but you you only subscribe, and you folks should only subscribe to OnlyFans. With, our with, OnlyFans. Yeah. As as soon as interest is pe- or people show interest with me, I'll start it right now. You'll get you'll get one picture a day. Mm-hmm. So let me know. Let me know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of lessons that must be taught to various characters and bets and mm-hmm. talking and man, I don't know. There's this one passage of this movie that's like super Bergman. Yeah. People like in dark rooms and suddenly it just turns into a Bergman movie. Like all of a sudden people mm-hmm. in profile lit by like backlit by windows and they're in the dark and they're like, they're becoming, they become really philosophical. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you catch that bit in this movie? Which, which one? It's, it's like right in the middle or kind of like once they go or to which like characters. Oh, well it's like, with, I think Frederick starts mm-hmm. like, I mean, they all start feeling bad for about themselves. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa, What's going on here? I mean, there's a Wait, bit of that. And, another, uh, and then the and then the guilt. Then there's the guilt, and yeah. like the pining. And you're like, oh, this is like beautifully shot. Because up until this point, I don't know, this movie could be shot by anybody. And yeah. uh, you're kind of like, huh, this isn't this isn't the Bergman I've come to know. Yeah, I I do know what you mean. There there was only one other time where um there was a Bergman-y shot where it's like fate like faces overlapping with each other, and I think it was when uh dude and his wife were in bed and she's got like a is it like glycerin or glycerol where it's like the oh. fake tears because uh-huh. she's crying but then she's moving around talking and it doesn't move at all and you're like oh she couldn't cry on cue bad actress mm-hmm. that's uh that's what the uh, movies have led me to believe but yeah there there's a few bergmany things but on the whole i thought the the dinner at the end uh when they're describing that like horrible sounding wine that's just like disgusting uh i thought that was pretty bergman-esque where it's like all the people at the do you do you know that scene where they're having dinner together and then the the sun <laughs> it's 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 almost predictable the audio cuts cutouts at the moment for me yeah oh my god you said remember when the sun <laughs> he 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 storms out of dinner because he doesn't like being around all those people. And the old lady's talking about the wine that's made out of like the seed of man and like the the like egg of woman. And you're like, ew. And it's like, can you drink this wine? And then and then she like serves everyone wine. And it's like, what's you can like in my mind, I was like, ew, what's in that wine? Like, what is this? Yeah. That was a Bergman scene. Yeah. There's a there's a uh, still here that pops up on a Google search. If your world is full of sin, then I want to sin. As this man wraps himself in like kind of the the thinner fabric, like some gauze fabric that's like off the window and split, like oh, it's like yeah. very dramatic. And you're yeah. just like, yeah, there you go. That's that's my Bergman. Yeah, I do. Re- I do remember that scene because it, it's like, just like the so, it's so different. And uh, I don't know. Part of this, too, is like after watching scenes from a marriage, like just like a couple months ago, which is such a raw movie. And it's yeah. like so stripped down. Uh, very uncinematic and very real. I mean, obviously, Bergman's also a more uh, developed filmmaker. Sure. Because we sometimes say that on this podcast. Developed? Yeah. Well, his his film craft is, it's not fine artisan yet, but uh, he's he's working, in, he's working in the shop. He's baking his own bread. He's getting there. 
He's getting there. He's, he's um, there. Speaking of development, there, man, how about that that cleavage that we see in this movie? <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> no, excuse me. You, what? You, you you know what scene I'm talking about? Which one? Well, it's like what is it? The one? Is it the housekeeper? It's the one one of the blondes. You know, it's Sweden, so there's only one of them, I guess. No. Oh, she, the, the maid. Yeah, the maid. She just turns around, and her like her top's like wide open, and it's just like, holy, oh, yeah. holy shit! This is well, this is European. <laughs> well, Jared, my uh, my first note, and I've said I don't make a lot of notes anymore, but mm-hmm. my first note. We've all we've all stopped. We've all stopped. I just I I didn't want to forget, but my first note was Ingmar Pervman is yeah. back because oh, yeah. I can't re- and it was whatever the start of the movie is but it's talking about like getting boning down with people or whatever and I was just like ugh you old fucking pervert like get out of here <laughs> I was like this is what I not what I want in your old your yeah. movies so, so yeah Pervman he, he was a real uh, I guess he sounds like he's a real uh, hound yeah yeah for sure and I five, see why five, Woody five, Allen five, was uh, like, five divorces Five divorces, belt, apparently. And... I, which I'm like always like, really? This guy, this weird little man who like, just seems so depressed. Which might be why. Could add yeah. to that. Well, it's easy to get divorced when I, uh, if you want to, you can get married in like in ten minutes, and you can get divorced just as fast. I think, right? Right. I, I guess. I guess. I don't. Know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you got this old dude and his he uh, his wife so, doesn't yeah. doesn't want. Do you want me to run through the movie? Okay, well, I mean, minutes? so the, so the the first half is like all set up for the second half, which is one big party. Which I yeah. I feel like I've seen too many movies like that lately. Because yeah. the leopard has this too, where it's like another like yes. hour long party to do, and it's kind of like okay, this structure is uh, feeling played out. Like pick one or the other. Like let, <laughs> I agree. I don't know. That, that's just my thought. Yeah, this. This did nothing for me, RJ. That's what I'm trying Good. to say, very politely. Um, Good. I, I don't want I don't want Ingmar Bergman comedies in my life. I don't care. I'm not gonna like feel. I don't. I don't feel like a better person having seen this. I'm. I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. He makes. He makes some movies I don't give a shit about. And uh, th- there was this movie didn't really have much of a chance. I've seen movies like this. It's not like I object to this subject matter or couldn't give it a shot. But sure, it's like yeah, you just see like a bunch of like really like great looking actresses like acting wh- whatever and like i don't know i just it, i don't i don't care i don't care yeah at the end of the day um so oh. rj you want you you want to run through this movie you can you yeah can I'll, run, I'll run through it for you but uh just to add on to you i think that pervman bergman f- fatigue is setting in a little bit so anyways you got this old dude he's trying to he's trying to get with his wife she doesn't want to get with him and he's sad about it. So he's got a mistress and the mistress he's had for some time. He's hanging out with the mistress. And then the mistress's other man comes. And yeah. then we have a uh, Mexican standoff where no one gets out alive, Jared, is what it's well, called. Well, he's like, hey, uh, I think it's time for you to go, bud. Yeah, and uh, he he really crumbles because of his haircut. I think he's got no confidence and no uh, – mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's like, let me just change. And the guy's like, no, no, you walk home in your swampy clothes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right. Uh, So he walks home. And then, yeah, on the sideline, you know that his son is in love with the stepmom because they're closer in age and they hang out all the time. 
Yes. That's that's the other thing. They're they're closer in age because dad married down, uh, and they hang <laughs> they hang out all the time. So they 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 are actually in love. So dad comes home, and then the next day, the aggressive man with the mustache who confronted him, uh, he goes to his wife, who he has an open relationship with, and he's like, you know, I was at the mistress's last night, and that piece of shit guy came in, and he's like, uh-uh. He's like, I don't care if my wife sleeps around, not my mistress, which is an actual mm-hmm. quote from this movie. Yep. Uh, and he's like, you should go over to uh, their yep. house and uh, tell his wife. Start that, some uh, shit. Yeah, that he, he's, he's sleeping around. And she's like, I don't really give a shit. But then in the next scene, she's like, but I do love gossip. Uh, mm-hmm. So she does go and she kind of lays it all out there. Okay. Uh, that, that scene was like not – that's like maybe one of those things that's like – I guess that's kind of funny where it's like she's told – like the wife's kind of told, hey, yeah. I saw her – I saw your husband – like or we're around town as they saw your husband leaving his house. Oh, well, maybe he was just out like, yeah, yeah no, he was in his underclothes. Oh, well, maybe it's because of this. No, it's because – like it kept escalating, I guess. Yeah, and then and then oh. she kind of – she did the – she t- she went for it. She said, and what? What if I already know? Mm-hmm. And then kind of slides right under there, Jerm. And then they kind of make a pact. She's well, like kind of a pact of sort. She's like, enemies can be friends when they have common like goals. And it's like, what? And you're like, what does that mean? So, anyways, then they do go to that house party, and this is actually where it gets a little fuzzy for me too, because I was like, <laughs> what's even fucking going on now? You have the old lady. She's talking about this disgusting wine. Uh, the son pouts and he contemplates killing himself. Yeah. Uh, he goes with the housemaid and the housemaid's like very, very uh, excited, like groundskeeper, who's like a pretty cool dude by all accounts. He just lies in the hay and drinks beer all day. Uh, and then through a sort of confessionals from everyone, you find out that the son and the wife are, are actually in love with each other, son and stepmom. Uh, and they are they flee off together. And then uh, old dude wants to be with the mistress. Mistress is with the other guy. So old dude and the aggressive man with the small mustache, they agree to do a Russian roulette to play with each other or like to kind of solve their discourse. And they're like, here, let's do this. And uh, whoever walks away can have the broad. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's another game, Jarrett. Yeah. Like so- they so- all are. Sooty. He doesn't actually get shot. Huh. It's another game. And then uh, – it kind of just ends from there. Like uh, it goes back to the groundskeeper and the maid who are the only truly happy ones, Jared. And it's like, I guess the message is that like all, all that money and all the wealth and good fortune is not good for you. But what <laughs> lifestyles are the rich and the famous, Jared. What, uh, what, what morals that we are taught? I know. I know. So that's the movie. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, this movie is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it isn't. It's it's so boring and like. Yeah. So it's like we've said we've watched a ton of old movies. Yeah. Older than these, oh, yeah, we've watched a ton it, of comedies that are got, old. It's got nothing to do with any of those things. It does. It has nothing to do with the the time the movie came out. It's got nothing to do with the genre. It's got nothing to do with the subtitles. It's got nothing to do with the length of the movie. It's just not very good. It's like, it's one of those things where, um, uh, it's like you said, you don't really want to see Bergman making the comedies because it's like maybe in fucking like the time it came out in Sweden, maybe it was a good, <laughs> like, think, were they, roll, were they rolling in the aisles? <laughs> but even like, yeah, like even so, like some of the humor stuff, I was like, mm, like I can tell there's a joke here, uh, 
but it's not funny anymore. And then some of the other stuff, I was like, I don't know, there'd be like 20 minutes without any jokes. So you're like, <laughs> is this a comedy or like what? That sounds like the, the best kind of comedy. Maybe <laughs> 20 minutes between jokes. Cause like that, like some of the people are so serious and, um, which is like, and like, that's what you'd expect in Bergman. So it's like the idea of this thing being like this comedy. I was like, uh, I don't know. Um, it's just the Bergman fatigue, I think is really setting in where it was like, man, so he, he's made some of the best movies in the collection. I like arguably, but he's also made like things like a smile of the summertime where you're just like, you're what? watching it and you're just like, why is this? It's, it's one of those criterionitis things that uh, other people have coined not where it's just like it's Bergman. So it's criterion. And it's like, ah, does it need to be though? I don't know. Well, he squabbles. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in the collection. Sure. It's it is. Wor- it's worth preserving by, I guess, because it's Ingmar Bergman. He's, he's one yeah. of the, uh, the selected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's about it, dude. What? What can be said? Like, why? Like, I don't know. Who are the defenders of this movie? I guess. Like, who are the fans? I mean, if it works, if it works for them, then, I mean, Pauline Kale, I think, called this a masterpiece. RJ, who? Pauline Kale. Don't really know who that is, but oh, um, no. I, I imagine. See now, are, now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble with the internet. With the YouTube people. No. Fuck them. Uh, I imagine there's gonna be people who love this movie because they're gonna be like. Oh so quaint it's, it's so fun and it's like he's out of his comfort zone he's really letting loose he's letting his freak flag fly knees shall be slapped uh, I, yeah i don't know like so here's the thing there are i think i described some stuff that i liked like i do like uh i did like the scene where the old lady was kind of laying it all out and she's like typical old lady she she's oh, like yeah. who gives a shit what people think she's like if you ever actually listen to people talk she's like you'd realize how dumb everyone is and things like that. And you're like, Oh yeah, you're very smart. And you kind of, but she, she like lays it all out there. She's just like, people have socks. She's like, who cares? And then you're like, that's cool. I like that. And there's some burger mini things, but on the whole, you're just like, Ugh. yeah. So, uh, tell me about Woody Allen's a midsummer night sex comedy. Oh, <laughs> so as out of place as it is for uh, Bergman to make a comedy, why is Woody Allen making period pieces? Like, wow, have you? Oh, wow, because Woody Allen. Well, I, I, I know that he does that too, but like, so here's Lo- love and death. I know he, I know he's a big Bergman like Stan. Yeah. Um, and so like this thing's loosely described as a, as a uh, like a, I don't know, an ode to Smiles of Summer Night, and mm. I'd say that's pretty like fucking generous. But so Woody Allen made a movie about 1900 and it's like uh he is and he he's a character in it because of course and he's like so fucking out of place you're just like you can't sep i can't separate him from 70s new york because he's like well you know we uh we do the thing and uh oh he's like i needed the sex and you're just like oh my god you're like it doesn't fit with like with the, the time frame it doesn't because like <laughs> So this movie, it's it's him with Mary Steenburgen, and they're not having sex. And then they invite two other couples out to their farmhouse, a really old guy with a younger guy, and then his friend who's with a wife. And all three of them all do kind of like a shuffle with each other. 
but there's no reason that it needs to take place in 1900 and there's they're doing things that's like i think i supposed to be like ironic that they're doing in the 1900 and you're like okay and he's also an inventor who has a flying bike and then some sort of orb that captures spirits because at Mm. one point they see ghosts dancing and it's like you're like that's all it is too like that's all it ever amounts to and you're just like what the fuck is this um but yeah like woody allen's really out of place uh the problems that are presented in this thing seem super out of place for the 1900s because it's like all these people like sleeping around with each other and then it's like we're not having sex and it's like maybe you should try a hypnotist Eh, that's the joke (laughs) and yeah i know and that's the thing it's like i realized that's the joke but it's like it's not funny it's so like would you I like to know. would you like to hear Woody Allen explain the inspiration for the film? Holy fuck. No. <laughs> no. Let but me, yeah, okay. Let me uh, read it in my most waspy of voices. Okay. I thought I wanted to do a film about poignant relationships, a film about a guy who missed an opportunity and was haunted by the thought and a girl who was about to throw in her lot with a much older man not really the right one for her. The Genesis was not a comedy, but a kind of serious Chekhovian story in the style of interiors almost. That's serious of a thing. Then I started to think, God, it sort of cries out for a comic treatment. A group of people at a summer house on a weekend and the silvery moon in concert with the animals and flowers. Why not take a comic approach to it? Let the seriousness be a subtext. So I started to write it, and it worked very rapidly for me. I started to take delight in it. You know, I hate the country, but I began wanting to create the country, not as I experience it, but as I would like it to. Like to. Sure. There is actually one scene in this movie I do like is there's a 10 minute montage of animals. So you have like a rabbit. There's a rabbit and a what? A turtle. Yeah. Walking around and then uh, there's a, a deer and it's just shots of animals. And I was like, that's better than whatever this fucking movie is. So I... I understand the description he's saying. He's like, it is a poignant thing about these missed opportunities. Uh, I don't know what accent I'm doing right now, but because uh, that's like the thing. It's like, he's like, well, we loved each other, but we never did it. And he's like, and now we, we, we want it. And then we have it and then it's gone. And it's like, so why does this have to take place in the fucking country in 1900? It doesn't, I don't know. I found it very distracting. And um, I, I mentioned in my review, it's like, so the Woody Allen like shtick where he's just like insatiable and he, he needs the sex real bad. It's, it didn't bother me in like other Woody Allen movies, but in this one I, I found it so annoying. I was like, Holy fuck, dude. It's like, why are you like this? It's like, how are you that like hungry, like for women? And you're just chasing them all the time. It's like, stop. Insatiable. Insatiable. There's also talks of young ladies in this that I found <laughs> problematic. <laughs> So uh, people can make out of that whatever they want to, you know. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad show, Jared. It's a bad show. <laughs> so I don't know, like, <laughs> the looseness about the, uh, like, you know, being related to it. It sucks. I'm glad you didn't watch it because then oh, you I, I, uh, I, And I do own this. I actually own this in a oh, Woody Allen. Col- oh, it's in the collection. Like It's like, a, so they did like years ago, I think MGM put out these big uh, Woody Allen DVD sets and there was like three of them. And I have the yeah. second one. 
which okay. is kind of like, the, the, and that's like the one movie in there I think I haven't seen. And it's just because like nothing about it sounds good. Every time I mention it to anyone, they're like, yeah, I've seen that movie. I don't remember anything about it. And that's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't think anyone likes this. And so I was, but this is the time for me to watch it. And then I saw your review and went, well, fuck this. Like, no, no way. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. We didn't both need to take a hit on this one. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think you would have gotten anything out of this. Um, except more I don't, angry. <laughs> except real horny. Uh, or oh, angry. That's what I said. I thought but. you said horny. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is funnier, but... Uh, uh, classic, Jared. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's not good, dude. It's a shitty shit movie. <laughs> so I described it in enough detail, right? Like what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I think so. Just, it's just all these people walking around. This is you know, sex. And you're like, oh, my God. Fuck. Paint some minifigures or something. Yeah. There's more to the world than this shit, Woody Allen. Get, get right? on a skateboard, Woody. Get on a skateboard. Try that shit out for a while. Watch some Next Generation. And the ghost stuff, Jared? Oh, my God. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Because it's like, I think it was supposed to be an odd to like a mid or like Summer Night's Dream or something. Yeah. But like, he's like, I made this orb. He's like, it's going to let us tap into the ninth dimension because we only know <laughs> the fourth dimensions. And then they have a seance and then it's a ghost man and woman out in the field and they're all watching. And Woody goes, why doesn't he kiss her? He should just kiss her. Why, why are they not hugging? And then, and like, that's it. God, maybe that's I it have is. watched it. And you're like, why is this? I think, oh, maybe I have seen that movie, and I just like was not watching it because it was terrible. It is terrible. Well, like I, there's like his movie Love and Death. Oh, okay. that's that's rough too. And that's another period piece. Yeah, man. Because he thinks they, it's because it thinks it's funny. I think like the the best use of like this this arc of Woody Allen is uh, <laughs> Dave Sim in his Cerebus comic. He did a thing where like later on, like Woody Allen gets introduced as a character in Cerebus and what happens is like it takes place over the course of like uh, like a couple hundred years where each mm. of the Woody Allen characters is actually like one f- like it's like generations of characters over time yeah. and each movie was actually like a descendant of a, a man writing the memoirs of Cerebus as he ages as as he's like the ultimate pope like this is latter day Cerebus stuff, mm-hmm. but, but I remember being like, "Huh, I guess Dave Sim was renting uh, Woody Allen movies from like the library." <laughs> it was just like, "I'm gonna do that." Here's a here's a story about a man and his like famous divorce, and uh, this is something the kids are really gonna go after. Yeah, the, the kids the kids love love Mia Farrow. Kids, well, Woody Allen loves and, kids. No, that's. Such low bearing fruit, RJ. You know? I I didn't mean like you know. I just mean like. Come, come you on. ever seen um? You seen you ever seen uh Larry Clark's kids? Woody Allen. You ever seen it? kids? Yeah, was uh Woody Allen a a, a like consultant on that? Do you think? So who? Him and Pulaski. Who, yeah. Who hates smiles of a summer night? Fuck. Who's even seen this fucking thing? People. All right. Mister Kitchen, one star. <laughs> It might be an unassailable classic, but unfum- unfunny comedies are the worst. Uh, that's fine. Okay, let's see what's in this uh, five stars to Tremors. Yeah. What else we got in here? Disco Dancer. I don't know what that is. Uh, a lot of Japanese stuff in this person's thing. Demons, Shaolin Soccer, Major League, five stars. 
nice. Oh, Mandy. Yikes. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on board with this person's five-star films. Let's go to half-star films. Fuck. I don't know what any of that shit is. I don't care. Next up, Brandon Habes. Okay. One star. Touted as the lush culmination of his three previous betrayal comedies, Secrets of Women, Mm -hmm. A Lesson in Love, Dreams, I found it rather lacking and cinematically inferior to all three. It arrives right before three of Bergman's Dark Night of the Soul meditations, <laughs> The Seventh Seal, okay. Wild Strawberries, The Virgin Spring. So it almost feels like a happy accident. A misplaced, perfumed sex comedy that indulges in borderline screwball slapstick. Woody Allen sure. would go on to make an even worse homage in A Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy. The whole Victorian proper, only not so proper, costume period setting is not really my thing. The clothing speech, hairdos, manners, it reeks of a hyper-stylized fakery that feels better adapted for the stage, not the cinema. As a film that desperately needed to be a box office success, it makes sense. Bergman had one too many failed dramas that almost costed him his career. Luckily, this one was a smash. He never Mm. worried about financing again. And next, we got The Seventh Seal. True. So there you go. There's something that good, I guess, that came out of this movie, historically speaking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that all kind of makes sense. And hey, he even acknowledged the Woody Allen stuff. No. Nope. Uh, this dude's this dude's not bad. They have a very lengthy bio about how they they do full runs of directors, like filmographies, and it was too much for me to read. Um, but uh, five star films. Like lots of criteria and directors in those fronts they did too, but five stars, five star stuff is just like things from Wong Kar Wai, Ozu, Kurosawa, but then also things like Martin, which I know you're a big fan of, mm-hmm. and In the Mouth of Madness, except five stars to Love and Tura, which is like, I don't know, and five stars to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I bring up just to bring up for uh, Frank out there, and then some half star stuff under the Silver Lake. Half a star. Mm-hmm. Pink flamingos, half a star. Period. Oh, that's madness. And then some of this other stuff, I don't know what any of this shit is, so nice. whatever. <laughs> and finally, one and a half star from Sandrine. Mm, Can't sick. believe two years later he was doing Wall Strawberries. The improvement. Lots of people are really fond of all cap all caps sometimes. For emphasis. I, think, well, I was gonna say, I think you get your point across. Like how Sandrine Gave five stars to Funny Games, a bad film, and five stars to Call Me By Your Name, because, of course, they didn't five-star uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, though, which is weird. Hmm. I don't know if they've seen it. Who's to say? Half-star films include... What, what, what do they include? The Goosebumps movie, Hook, and then uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin? Oh, it's weird. Oh. It's very strange. It's very strange, Jared. They gave one star to Inside Lou and Davis. Wow. One star to Blair Witch. Oh. Uh, one star to Under the Skin. One star to Lost in Translation. Mm. One star to Benjamin Button. One star to Zodiac. One star to Ace Ventura. What is this shit? Who is this person? Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Know what I mean, Vern? What's Ernest up to? 
Some, I just wanted to read a five-star review. By far oh, yeah. the Bergman movie I've watched the most times, and gee, I wonder why. And in a film where so many of the actors are giving their career best work, I think it's fair to say that at least half of them could compete for one of the very best in a comedy generally. My favorite in particular is Harriet Anderson as a promiscuous and flirty maid Petra, who despite playing a far less complex character than in Summer with Monica, absolutely delights in teasing poor, self-pitying Henrik to a point where his grossly serious attitude gets the better of him multiple times. Well, Zev Burroughs' favorite films include Singing in the Raid, Raid, uh, Casablanca, Vertigo, Robin Hood. They have a ton of five-star films, hmm. like The Red Turtle and Ivan the Terrible. The fuck? Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, all our favorites. I mean, there's good stuff in here, too. Do the Right Thing, Lawrence of Arabia, Night and Fog. But, you know, I pick and choose to to tell the story that I want to tell. <laughs> My narrative. Your narrative. Uh-huh. You got any final words about frowns of a summer night? Nah, man. It's not very good. It's behind us now, though. Yeah, it's done. And that's and that's for the that's it's good. Yeah. I'm glad. It's not a great movie. I, I don't think it's outright bad. It's just no, who cares? It's just uninteresting, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't capture the moment very well, I think. No. Not my not my moment. No. After the break, RJ and I have a duel over some broad. But the guns are loaded and we both die. Oh. What a treat. son try to have sex with your like new wife um i don't have any of that so yet. no yet but but when you do well i feel like as i've said earlier like you know all these like internet things that are going on like is this going to influence people and oh man see it's too hot a take too hot problematic take. was that all edited out yep that's probably for the best, and uh, we'll leave it at that. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell sure. us about your favorite porn subgenre. Sure. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barmo. Mm-hmm. We've got a YouTube page. We've got a Patreon page. We're Only on fans. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Next week spine 238 
A Woman is a Woman from 1961, directed by Jean-Luc Godard. Who? Of the USS Enterprise. Godard of the Enterprise? Mm -hmm. Which Enterprise? The D or? This would be the... G? The G. The G? Yeah. For Godard? That's right. Do you think he would be a good captain? No. I feel like he'd be... All over the place. You'd be, yeah. And we're going to be joined. What? By a by a returning co-host alum. Who? Well, I don't know if we're going to get Frank Solano or Frank Santoro. Uh, I haven't got confirmation on that. But really, really depends who uh, someone, shows up so, that so, day, someone, eh? Someone's showing up. All right. Well, for our, our four-year anniversary, no less. For, yeah, I think so. A time to be alive. I don't know if he. I don't know if he realized that. Maybe. Maybe. Worked out. I think he knows more about this than we do. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, good night, folks. Stay healthy. Don't die from heat stroke or like compromised health, lung things because of people. Don't do it. Respiratory infections. Just, just watch movies. What? Paint, yeah, movies are good. Paint. Paint orcs. With a C or with a K? Well, with a K. Man, I think that's not right to J.K. Rowling. No. Mm. Screw her, too. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah, whatever.